Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 96 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I'm your host, Colin Colhoven, joined by the Grape Scraper, the Fighting Guru, the 10 out of 10 difficulty master, and the Halloween game aficionado, Daryl Fuimano. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. You, you got it right this time, man. I did. I messed it up, everyone, on the first take. This is take number two overall for the show. Hello. <laughs> and I did it correctly. I couldn't mess up That's after great. last time, dude. When I was doing the edit on episode 95 and I heard how badly I messed up the names in the beginning, I was sick. I felt I felt ill. So I was like, you know what? I can't do this again. Can't. I'm glad that well, you... It's good that you had to do another take, so you, you made up for it. Thank you. Thank you. It's tough to listen to yourself for you know, three hours of editing when you're doing these things. You really start to hate your own speaking patterns and your inflections and stuff like that. It is quite annoying. So anytime I mess up and I hear it in the edit, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> it's just really frustrating. But thank you for joining me this evening, sir. I know you've been busy. We are all tired. It's a very busy time of year, so I appreciate your time. And we are also joined by Slugger JD, who I'm going to just call the jack-of-all-trades, the backwards alphabetic czar Slugger JD, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you. The second you said backwards, all I heard was back, and I was like, oh, here comes here comes the back name. Yeah. So my this back is, it. is still it's fucked up. Fucked my back up, guys. <laughs> so it's not good. No better today? <laughs> Did you end up going to work or no? Yeah, I've been at work. It's just uh it it's just really achy now. Like it's just that constant feeling of like this isn't painful, but I feel that I don't know, that pinch back there. Mm. So it's frustrating. Yeah, I am sorry. The back stuff we <laughs> talked about last night in party chat a bit. Back stuff sounds like no joke. Nothing to mess around with. You're back in your knees. So take care of yourself out there, folks. Okay. Health is important. Make sure you're eating right, you're exercising, and you're resting when you need to. I'm surprised you went to work today with it if it was still feeling a little tweaked. No, I mean it's Luckily, I just sit at a desk all day. I'm not, like, physically doing labor. So what's – oh, what was I going to say? What's funny about this is I don't have a crazy story that, like, anything that makes me a, a hero or sound really cool. Like, no, I was just picking my son up off the ground and got about halfway up. My I was my body was in, like, a 45-degree angle, and I just got – I felt my back immediately seize up and lock. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this is happening. I'm stuck. Dear God. Limped over to the couch and immediately started slathering icy hot on my back and laying down on a heat pad. And I didn't move for the next like eight hours that I was awake. Jesus um, Christ. So. Sounds absolutely awful. I, no, I also, was referring to your other affliction, which is in your head. This sickness you have with this Z to A challenge and how you yeah. have to organize <laughs> your gaming. That's what I meant by the backwards alphabetic aficionado. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to hear all about it today. I got a lot of games to talk about. <laughs> oh, I figured as much. I figured as much. You guys have both been doing some work. If, you know, if you're looking at the Twitter at Trophy Talk Pod, you're going to think there's only two hosts over there cuz one of these fuckers hasn't posted a platinum in a while, and you're not wrong. These fucking games have been kicking my ass recently with some of their game length and their requirements, but we'll get into that because of course on the show we've got our typical run of the show for our what we've been playing episode. A couple housekeeping things to go over up top, but we'll get into plat shoutouts, Patreon questions, and then, of course, quite a bit of what we've been playing, because, Daryl, you and Slugger have been busy, my friends. You guys have been kicking ass, so well done. 
Thank you. No problem. Uh, it. I'll, I'll talk about the affliction more later, but it really is an affliction. I've like I'm contemplating. Do I play twenty or so more games before I touch Spider-Man Two? It's not going to happen, but I, I've at least had that thought, which is wild to me. Yeah, I think you just drop it now. Well, we'll get into that later. I think you just drop yeah. it now, though. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, yeah, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording. I've been in the process of buying a home. Some of you in the party chat recently have known that. A couple in Daryl, you know, because we talked at work and stuff. It's been quite stressful and not very fun, you know, I would say. I mean, it's cool to look at houses, don't get me wrong, but some of these contracts and things that you're signing and looking at, it's like, this is like 30 pages of legal jargon, and I do not feel equipped to make these decisions you know i was telling my wife the other night i'm like i just want to play video games you know like this seems a bit over my head <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i'm adult enough to be doing some of these things that we're doing but anyway here we are in episode 96 thank you for joining me boys first housekeeping thing we want to get into or that i should say i want to get into i want to address some facts or fake news that has been propagated <laughs> in the discord for a couple of years now at this point Partially by my own doing, but everyone knows that I am not the best at claiming the free games on PlayStation Plus, okay? For a while, I had the premium version because of the the timing of the upgrade, and I had already had PlayStation Now, so I ended up having, I think it was like six months of premium or something like that, and then I was like, nope, I'm going down to Essential, or not Essential, the medium tier, the extra tier, I did that for a couple months, and then I was like, fuck it, I'm even going to the Essential tier because I'm not even using the benefits of this program. But here's the thing, okay? I went back and I looked at this year what games I have claimed since the start of the year, since January. Although some of these maybe are late December. I'd have to double check. Maybe you guys can correct me on this. So those numbers could be skewed. But I have claimed seven games so far this year, okay? So I just want to say, it's not like I haven't claimed anything. And there have been, I, I was estimating three offerings per month. I know some months there's maybe one more than that. But that's a that's a percentage of 23.33% of claimed games by Jaboy CK present over here. So not like I'm not claiming games. I'm just being selective about the games that I've picked out. So here's the ones I've gotten so far, all right? Toem, Harry Potter Collection, Fallout 76, Endling, Extinction is Forever, Death's Door, Saints Row, and the Callisto Protocol. Okay? So... So I'm getting shit, all right? I just want to nip this in the butt that I don't ever claim plus games, because I do. I just pick the best ones, with the exception of Saints Row, all right? I just pick the good ones that are easy platinum hunts. So stand down. What do you guys have to say to that? I think you should be claiming every game, personally. Okay. Fake news. My reasoning, (laughs) I guess my thought process is, and this is the argument I throw every time, I think I... I might have wrote in about this when I was a listener way back in the day when it was you, Daryl, and Eli. What remains of Edith Finch? You still haven't played it. Mm-mm. And you, you could have claimed it a long, long time ago on PlayStation Plus, and you didn't. So mm-hmm. now you have to play it, or now you got to spend the money to play it. And I guess my thought process is you, you're already spending money for the service, so why not just add everything in, I guess in the likelihood or in the off chance that you may go, oh, I heard good things about this game three years from now. You're like, oh, I actually got that from PlayStation Plus. I'm going to check that out. Like, you can always hide them from your library. They don't need to be in your face bugging you. Like, if you're paying for the service, I don't understand why you wouldn't just claim them. Okay. Okay, that's a fair critique. I'll explain to you real quick my reasoning, then, Daryl, I want to hear what you think about this. 
So I, I've had long yeah. and, and lengthy discussions with you, Slugger, and also JB. Shout out to JB. Where basically for me, if I add it to my, to my library, I feel like that's in a way almost adding to my backlog. So maybe that's like the, the mental gymnastics that I need to get over. So the way that I kind of think about this is if I'm choosing to add it to my to my what I call my library, then instead of backlog, it's because like these are things that I definitely do think that I will get to. They at least tangentially interest me in the moment, even if like I'm not going to get to them for some time. Some other things I have are like Darksiders 3, Batman Arkham Knight, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Sniper Warrior 4 or Sniper Elite 4, excuse me. So I've got, you know, things that are. They're, they're just the good games, you know, but I got to say, this is pissing me off a little bit because these newer ones, it's like, okay, Callisto Protocol, awesome. Daryl's talked about that game before, but now I got to go and get this fucking DLC, and there's a ton of DLC for this game. Saints Row is the same thing. Maybe an okay game. We'll get to that later, <laughs> but there's quite a bit of DLC for this guy. So now that I've got the free one, it's like in for a penny, in for a pound. Now I got to spend this money so I can even just get the full 100%. Quite frustrating, whereas things like Death's Door or Endling are just tight, compact experiences where it's like you get it, boom, you can get the platinum and move on, right? But it's uh, it seems like it's more just my own mental issues and hurdles that I need to get over because you're not wrong in terms of value for the money spent. But, uh, Daryl, what do you think? How do you approach this in, in this year? How have you been tackling your PS Plus stuff? Uh, so I, I have been claiming everything. Um, Damn it. I mean, there there are some games I don't claim. Like, I think I kind of skipped out on the NBA 2K game that came out. That's mm-hmm. a fair one. I <laughs> I definitely did not pick that one up. I I know it has online trophies, and there's no way in hell I'm just gonna put everything on hold to play that game just because you know I have online trophies that are now priority. Uh, so I skipped out on that, but for the majority, I do download everything or at least claim everything. Mm-hmm. And you know the reason being because Slugger mentioned it, I missed out on Edith Finch. I sound like a bre- broken record because I brought this up so many times before, <laughs> but you know I missed out on what remains of Edith Finch. Eli was talking about it, talking about it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna play that game. I think I claimed it, and then I look in my backlog, it was not there, so I had to buy it. So, I mean, if I'm paying for the subscription, I might as well at least save it. Maybe I won't play it anytime soon, but, like, when I have those moments where I'm just, like, not really feeling like playing, like, a big game, or I'm not really sure what to play, I get a little curious. I'm like, oh, what's this game about that I have in my backlog? Let's see what the trophies look like, stuff like that. What's the story about? And that kind of gets the juices going. Like, oh man, maybe I should play this game. Let's see. Let's see what's up. A good example was Endling. I knew nothing about that game. Yeah. And then I looked at the trophy list. People were talking about it. It's like you know what? I I will probably play that game now because people are talking about it. The list looks easy. And guess what? It's in my backlog. So I pretty much just like pulled an audible and just like you know i'm gonna play this game it's not one that i was gonna play anytime soon but there's some hype behind this game and sure enough you do i absolutely love that game so i mean it's it's hard to say i i get what you're saying colin but i just feel like there's been so many moments where like i've downloaded games and play them because i claimed them like right. i i 
I just felt like if I didn't claim them, I'd be missing out on a lot of good games. No, you're, you're, the Edith Finch example is is a good one for sure. And there's definitely been good games in the service that I've missed because of my decision to like not claim it or whatever. And this this whole stance that I've taken, I just I can't help like and maybe this year is a bad example, but it just seems like every year it's like there's so many games that are coming out that year that I want to play that aren't on the service. And I don't even buy like maybe half of those. That it's like I can't justify playing these PS Plus offerings when there's other things I would rather play like way more. Whether that's new games I haven't purchased or even more, I guess more to the point, like games that I've already paid for that I didn't get with the service that I haven't touched yet. Where it's like I I just I shouldn't be doing I shouldn't be doing these free ones. I got all these other ones I've already paid money for, like all a cart that I should be hopping into. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe next year will be the year that I just say fuck it and just kind of add them all as they go although i do reserve the right those nba like you're saying those kind of games that are all online or multiplayer focused like uh -uh. (laughs) i'm not not doing some of those and i know nba 2k was a really good offering in terms of like it was a a newer title as well but yeah this i did the same thing when i saw that game was being offered i was like well that's cool for like the casual gamer but for trophy hunters i'm not touching that thing at all can i so i'm the polar opposite of you I've claimed absolutely everything. I had to go back and look it up since August of 2012. Holy shit. And it's nice because even though I don't play my PS3 as much anymore, maybe like once every six months, I'll plug it in and play it for a couple weeks and then kind of lose interest. But like I have hundreds of games on that system that I just have through the service. But I think PlayStation Plus used to be like a way better value than... I guess now it's going, it's leaning more towards the extra and it seems like extra is the focus, but like the free games monthly when the PS Vita, PS3 and PS4 were out every month, you'd get two Vita games, two PS3 games and two PS4 games. And it's like, how do you like for 60 bucks a year or whatever it costs, it might've even been cheaper that time. Like, how can you beat that? That's true. (laughs) Yeah. It's a great value. um, If you're getting, if you own a Vita and a PS3, it's a great value for sure. So like these early months, I had to go back and look. August 2012. This is actually partly why I left the Xbox ecosystem because they weren't doing anything like this yet. August 2012, the offerings were The Walking Dead episodes one and two, Blood Rain Betrayal, Outland, so a couple indie games, Infamous two, Little Big Planet two, Ratchet and Clank All for One, Warhammer Space Marine, Saints Row two, and then there was four more indie games there, and then the following month. They gave out five indie games with, I would say, Scott Pilgrim versus the World being the most notable one. And oh, nice. Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption. Uh, the month after that, they gave out Bulletstorm and Resident Evil 5 Gold Edition. Oh, God. And then the month after that was when they started, like, Vita stuff. So Crisis 2 on the PS3. And then on the Vita, Uncharted Golden Abyss, Gravity Rush, and then two Vita Indies. So, like, those first couple months of me being a subscriber, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, what am I doing on Xbox? Like, they're not giving me shit over here. I'm getting all these free <laughs> games on PlayStation. So, yeah, I've been a life, not lifelong, but almost lifelong since its inception, claim everything person. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. I, I think that there there's a real strong case to be made that you should be doing what you guys are describing. 
I just wanted to say, you know, for the record, you know, that it's not like I'm not claiming anything, all right? 23% of games claimed. It's, it's, it's there. It's just, uh, I just, I don't know. It's like when there's things like Starfield this year, or which is on the Xbox side, obviously, but you got Starfield, which I haven't even touched yet. Baldur's Gate 3, which I haven't touched yet. Star Wars Jedi Survivor, haven't touched that yet. Haven't started Assassin's Creed Mirage. Spider-Man's coming out. November, you got Alan Wake 2. You got the new Yakuza game. You got, I mean, it's like, do I really want to be playing Farming Simulator 22? No. You know, and I, th- and I think that the cadence of new games that are interesting and good, like, is only increasing as the years go on with the industry. And there's just so many good games every single year, right? And that's not even counting smaller things like Convergence or um, a song of the new new game that's coming out about League of Legends. Like, there's there's just other things on my radar too so it's just ah, it's just so tough or weird west this month like well, i don't even know what that i'm not playing that you know and the only reason i even claimed callisto is because i know it's a short base game platinum and daryl spoke highly of that base game experience so i don't know i don't really know where i'm, where I'm trying to go with this just <laughs> just an interesting thing to uh, to touch on but we'll check in as the months go on because maybe i'll maybe i'll change my patterns we'll see i am looking forward to what the November offerings are going to be. The last couple months have had a couple of things that were enticing, like at least with Saints Row, Callisto, Death Store, right? Like those were some of the ones recently that I was like, okay, these are solid, solid offerings. But um, yeah, I appreciate you guys' opinion on that. Let me know out there, and I'm sure you will. I'm sure I'll get some flack for this in the Discord. But uh, what do you think? 23%, high or low? I think high. I think that's about as much as you need. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Another housekeeping item we have here is we are at the end of our race, which has been going on for, I believe, six, a little more than six months at this point. We, of course, uh, ended the race a couple weeks ago, and we had our cool-down period where Slugger graciously donated his time to tabulate and discuss scoring and, and look up all those points and fix everything for that cool-down period. But we've got an interesting update regarding the race, and we're going to announce the winners here. So, Slugger, I'll pass it to you to go ahead and uh, take us in. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, First off, I want to thank everyone who participated. I think it was probably, well, it was the best turnout we've had so far since we've done a race. So over the entirety of the race period, which to give you a little refresher, was February 1st of this year to September 31st. We had 508 Platinums submitted. Well done. Well done, (laughs) you all. Easy. Um, (laughs) And the leaderboards were bonkers. We had some crazy competitors, probably the most competitive I've ever seen uh, people get in these community races that we do. So I'm not sorry for everyone involved. Uh, I'm not going to go down from very top to very bottom. Uh, I do want to announce the top people, though. And then everyone else, wherever you fall, you can check where you're at in the final leaderboard listings over on the Discord. So I feel like I need a drum roll. Oh, wait, damn, I don't have a soundbite for that. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. That's <laughs> eh, the closest I got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believe, so, as we were all expecting, Lee War came in first and kicked everybody's butt. But Colin said we did have a little turn of events, and I do want to explain this. So, Lee War actually reached out to me uh, after the race and said that he was interested in passing on his winnings down down the line which would mean our second third and fourth place would take the one two and three he uh, was mostly playing and competing for the fun of it 
and just wanted to be involved and wasn't interested in the prize winning. So he very gracious, graciously, is that the right word? Graciously. Graciously passes words on to uh, the next guys below. So I guess with our new ranking, that makes our two, three, four are now one, two, three for the, the prize winnings. In first place, we have Lorenzo Lame with 47 games completed for 790 and a half points. Insane. Yay. Insane. Yeah, bonkers numbers. I can't even. That's like three years of gaming for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Congratulations, Lorenzo, on the first place. Second place. You know, I probably should have went third to first. I didn't really think about this. But second place, our very favorite, Reyna, who is very good at wiping the floor with our Discord and (laughs) making us eat mud. Uh, They come in with 37 completed games for a total of 687 points. Nice. Well done. And for the, well done, Reyna. And for those of you who don't remember, Reyna actually, last year when we were doing these races, she won two of the three races and in fact kicked butt so hard we had to make a rule for the third race that previous winners were not eligible to try to switch it up. So well done coming in there with that second place. And that leaves an opening for third place. Let's see. I'm not good with the nicknames like you are. Our <laughs> Pac-Man extraordinaire all-time world record holder emerson woo with 22 games completed 324 points well done let's go so lorenzo reyna emerson congratulations thank you guys for competing and leewar shout out to you for passing on your winnings i think that's awesome of you to do uh thanks for supporting the community and the race yes indeed congratulations to all the racers congratulations to the winners so what's going to happen is we are then going to be getting you guys some PlayStation Network gift cards. Remember, first place is getting a $75 gift card. Second place is getting a 50 Third place is getting a 25 Those are going to be sent over to you via Discord is usually how I've done it. It's just kind of sending you the code for the, for the uh, credit in the PSN store once it's purchased. So pretty awesome stuff there. And I think I know what Emerson's going to be getting there is that new Battle Royale Pac-Man game announced. So I'm assuming it's oh, going to go yeah. towards that. He has to. He said he's got to get every Pac-Man Platinum. He's on a journey, indeed. He's on a journey, indeed. And Lorenzo and Reyna, I'm not sure what you guys are going to get with yours, because you guys have a pretty eclectic taste, but you'll you'll get some good stuff. Enjoy it. You can get a full price game with that, basically. You can get the new Kong Skull Island game (laughs) if you want to get that. Uh, Or, you know, you can can be like me and use it during sales and get, like, six games out of it. But either way, look forward to that, where, of course, we'll post in the Discord as well the official you know, winners and everything like that. So you guys can get some, some kudos there, but be on the lookout in the coming week or so for your PlayStation gift cards. And as far as um, what we're going to be doing next, we, we are going to be doing an event. Again, we are going to take a little break here in November and, and potentially even into December, but we we're going to try to come up with something that is fun and engaging, maybe a little bit different. But the one thing that I did want to say is that moving forward, we are probably going to be tying these events to the patreon so if you're not a member on the patreon yet go and check that out patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast and it's not in an effort to be predatory or anything like that it's basically just because our patreon members who we'll get to in a little bit and shout them out more specifically you know essentially are the ones funding these sorts of activities and so i think it makes sense to kind of tie the winnings to those folks who are kind of in that 
community and tier as well. We're not going to do it anything where you have to be at like a higher tier. I think we just we would want to keep it to the the bronze tier, so the basic tier and up, which is three dollars a month. So anyway, look forward to that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have some details for you coming soon. But thank you again to all the race players, and congratulations to the winners. Daryl, anything you want to add? Uh, it's it's good to see this come to an end. yeah yeah, it's been a long session for this race long time it was fun i had fun because i was participating in it as well and i got absolutely crushed i i wanted to do 100 like points but i think i got stuck at 80 my goal was to beat you colin (laughs) yeah my oh god yeah my i was certainly not competitive because of the games the last few months that i've been playing but yeah, it was fun. It was good to, good to compete. I agree with you, Daryl. I'm just trying to like compete against you know you guys or other people, you know Gary, other people in the Discord and stuff. So it's a fun time for sure. So Daryl, you got 16th out of 24. Nice. Uh, 17 games completed, 81 and a half points. I think I got 20th and out then of you 24. Were 15, 14, 13. So you got 13th place, Colin. Ooh. 14 games completed, 100.5 points. Oh, let's go! I hit the 100 mark. Didn't even realize. <laughs> let's go triple figures maybe <laughs> triple figures and it's not like the game that i spent so much time on that distracted me ff16 would even be worth that many points either because it's so the platinum so common in all honesty so yeah good stuff there good stuff thank you again slugger for uh, all your work on that over this time period it's been very very heartening and very much appreciated so thank you sir yeah anytime Okay, guys, let's get into some Platinum shout-outs. Speaking of people playing a shit ton of games and doing some cool stuff, we've got five shout-outs here. I'll read through them all, and then I'll give you guys a chance to speak to them if you'd like. So first up, we've got Buff Cupcake, who came in with the Cyberpunk 2077 and the Phantom Liberty DLC 100% completion. This sits at a 1.19% on PSN profiles for the PS5. Next up, we have Thrawn with Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag which sits at a 5.36% on PSN profiles for the PS4 version. That's another AC game for Thrawn as he's working through the franchise, and I think based on what he posted, there was over 100 hours. I think it was like 116 hours in this game. So good good uh, commitment there. Well done, sir. Next up, we have your nemesis in the A to Z challenge slugger. We have Zachary with the game 13, another one that you had also played, which sits at 23.35% on PSN profiles for the PS4. Actually, I must say, I'm not sure if he did the PS5 version or PS4, so apologies if that percentage is off but he's working on that z to a slash a to z challenge that we keep alluding to that's going on over in pat the trophy hunters discord so yeah some pretty cool stuff and i think he's he's doing quite well over there so congratulations then we have a newer game we have the slide g cooper coming in with assassin's creed mirage which amazingly and probably not surprisingly sits at a 38.12 percent already on psm profiles for the ps5 version it just came out i think I mean, again, it's 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 25 to 30 hours, no missable or one missable single playthrough. So, yeah, that game is doing bonkers for the trophy hunting community, I think. So it's well done there. And last but not least, we have Pat the Trophy Hunter himself coming in with Shadow of the Tomb Raiders, Platinum, and 100%, which sits at a 2.97% on PSMP for the PS4. Pat has moved on to Neo now, so if you're interested in seeing him play Neo 1 and 2, it's a fun time watching someone who's new to Soul game, Souls games play Souls games, I must say. So go and check that out, Pat the Trophy Hunter, on Twitch.tv. And, yeah, congratulations to all the Platinum earners here. Slugger, anything you want to add for these guys before we pass it to Daryl? 
Not much. I think it's a really solid list all around. A lot, a big variety of games. We got old stuff with Thrawn doing the one of the first PS4 games, I believe, with Black Flag. Yeah, I played Buff that on Cupcake. the 360. So, yeah. Oh yeah, that was. It came out in that weird era where like the games were split, mm-hmm. among, or between the old console and the new console. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Buff Cupcake had a lot of praise for Cyberpunk and all the updates they did to it, and highly recommended it i'm looking at diving back into that because i liked it when i checked it out i think it was one of the more beautiful like good looking ps5 games i played but i just felt very overwhelmed and i've heard with all the different systems and i've read and heard they've kind of simplified a lot of stuff and made it easier to dive into so that's on my radar 13 i'll hit about or hit on when i talk about what we've been playing because i've played that as well I think uh, Gary or Sly G Cooper got the the first Assassin's Creed Mirage plat in the Discord. So yep, congrats to you, Gary. And um, yeah, like you were saying with Pat, I'm happy he's done with Tomb Raider. I completely commend this man for going like when he starts a series, he is sticking with it till he's done with the entire you know sequel or trilogy or however many games are in that series. I couldn't do that. He has been busting his butt for the last. I don't know, six to eight months working through all the different Tomb Raider games. So. It's been most of this year, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so the beginning of the year was Skyrim, Pat. but uh, oh yeah, it was Skyrim. You're right. I think, like you were saying, I'm excited to see how he tackles Neo. I remember that first day he was playing. He, he was posting <laughs> a lot in the Discord, raging. <laughs> yep, that is a hard Souls game to dive into. There's a lot of weird systems in there that are kind of tough to wrap your head around if you're not used to if you don't have a base level knowledge of like soul systems. So I'm excited to see how he keeps tackling those and how he progresses. Yeah. It reminds me of when I watched Daryl play dark souls when he was streaming his, his first playthrough of dark souls and there's just a certain joy in it. You know, it's a little bit, it's a little fucked up, but but you're kind of like, yeah, this is hard, isn't it? You know, you watch other people do it and eventually like we've all, we've all said many times, something just clicks and it starts to kind of come into place and then you get the flow down for the game. But Neo's a fun game for sure. I'm excited to see him continue to play that. And uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed Mirage. I'm coming. I'm coming after you, Gary. Soon enough. I'll I'll talk about it a little bit later this month or early next month probably. But that's my next game. I'm going to be diving into. Really looking forward to that. Daryl, what do you think about these games? Anything you want to shout out? Uh, there's a good mix. I I'm a big fan of Black Flag. I loved that game when I first played it. That's just one of those games where I just it got its hooks into me, and I could not stop playing it. So it's cool to see, you know, people are still playing that game uh, to this day. Yeah. So cool game. Uh, Mirage. Holy cow, man. That guy did not put that game down. <laughs> that game definitely <laughs> got its hooks in, Gary. Yeah. Uh, which is good. You know, what What even shocked me more was just the, the high percentage. It, it definitely seems like this is what people were looking for and it kind of just you know go it, it just means like the game was that easy of a plat which a lot of people were looking forward to i believe yeah um, absolutely let's see let's see oh zachary oh my god this this dude just straight up killed my whole drive for the a to z challenge <laughs> so there is a period where Slugger and Zachary were not playing. I think uh, Slugger was on his uh, his your Disneyland trip, I believe. 
Yeah. And, uh, Zachary was off for a bit, dude. And I did like three games back to back. I made up some ground, but as soon as like Slugger came back from vacation, Zachary just popped up out of nowhere. Dude, I was like, oh God, these guys are back. They're making some movement. I'm I'm being put into third place once again. Like me and Slugger were neck and neck, and then yeah, fuck it. It just kind of just like Slugger got past me. Yeah. I know uh, I, I it's think... all good. Yeah, it is. I just I've kind of given up on that challenge. I was telling in in party chat the other night. I was telling Slugger and Zachary was in the party chat too. That I basically I kind of just signed up because if you recall, Pat needed a certain number of people for the challenge to to like kick off. So I was like, ah, screw it, I'll sign up and do it. And I was kind of into it, like you were saying, Daryl, for a little bit. And then I just realized like some of these people are kicking my ass, and there's no way I can catch up. <laughs> Once I decided to make Final Fantasy 16 my F game, that was when I was basically out of that race so <laughs> so yeah it's a it's a it's long in my rearview mirror but very cool challenge nonetheless and slugger i wish you the best of luck as you compete against zachary for this i don't think it'll happen well good so, you should just play spider-man then i think yeah zachary's doing the same thing where he's about to go on vacation in, here in like two or three weeks and he was telling me like oh yeah i'll have it done by then and he's got like six or seven games to go still i'm like what do you mean you're gonna have six to seven games done by then like, ah, oh, yeah, it's a bunch of easy stuff. All right. So absolutely I don't insane. think I can catch him. No, absolutely insane. Well done, Zachary. <laughs> well done. All right. Let's move on, team. Good stuff there. Congratulations again to all the Platinum earners. So as we alluded to before when we were talking about the race, we do actually have a Patreon. So if you like what we do and you like the show and you want to throw us some love and support, you can go on over to patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast and check out the various tiers of support over there, ranging all the way from the bronze tier up into the platinum tier. If you're a Patreon member over there, what I've been doing for about, I don't know, the last seven or eight episodes as well is posting clips of the show a few days early before they publish on free feed. So that's a fun little benefit you get. We also alluded to coming soon, you'll be getting access exclusively to the race slash events that we're going to do in the future and there's some other cool things that we're cooking up over there too so if you're interested go and check that out but in the meantime i wanted to give a special thank you and shout out to our current patreon supporters so that's a big thank you to maximum carnage the slide g cooper pat the trophy hunter king k 6969 b down diego juan the portland kevin zachary first mage buff cupcake and against me 75 so thank you all very much for your support of the show. And don't forget to check out Portland Kevin's podcast as well, PlayStation Plus Book Club slash Game Club podcast style idea he's got going on over there where he get, you know sits down and talks about a game on PlayStation Extra. I always get these tiers mixed up because I don't have it. On PlayStation Extra with different guests, he did a, a recent episode on The Evil Within, which was really cool to listen to. And I believe his next game that he's doing in November is one that you have played, Daryl. I'm not going to spoil it, but uh, another really cool one coming up. So. Go and check that out. And with that, let's get into, we only have two Patreon-submitted questions for this week's episode. The first one comes to us from KingK6969 with an interesting question. He asks, what is the worst game you have ever platinumed? What is the worst game you have ever platinumed? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I had trouble thinking of this because I feel like as part of being a trophy hunter, at least in more recent years, when you really get into the hobby, you don't really pick shitty games, at least in my experience, right? There's so much of a research phase involved 
when you're looking at this. You're checking the list ahead of time. You're you're probably looking at reviews ahead of time, watching some gameplay, etc. Or you're hearing things via word of mouth from other people in the community. That it's pretty rare that you're gonna pick up a game that's maybe a little more on the on the shitty side, <laughs> let's say. So I definitely had some trouble coming up with these. I do have a couple answers, but I'm curious. Um, let's see. Uh, you know what? I'll go first, and then give you guys a chance to kind of hone in on your thoughts here. So the couple things that I had listed between two games. One of the ones I said was The Walking Dead New Frontier. Now, Mm. it's not a bad game necessarily, but in the context of the 97 Platinums that I have, it it certainly is towards the bottom. And the reason I say that is because it's just not well regarded among Telltale games. right? The The other Telltale game that could have been thrown in there, you could substitute Guardians of the Galaxy. Or I know a lot of people didn't like Game of Thrones. I, I also have the Minecraft Platinum, right? The Minecraft Story Mode one. So all of those are kind of maybe towards the bottom of the tier list when people talk about Telltale games. But specifically with the Walking Dead Telltale games, New Frontier, the third season, I think is widely considered to be the weakest season. Unless you maybe count the Michonne mini season that they did. So that was one of the options I had. But again, not a bad game. Just probably towards you know the bottom of what I've platinumed. And then the other choice that I listed was one we've talked about on the show a few times over the, the last year or, t- year or two, is the Mean Greens. And it's kind of hard for me to say truly how bad this game is because we didn't play it when it actually launched in the month or so window that it might have actually had an online community to play with. So I have to only consider this game in the context of, other than when I played with Daryl briefly, basically just playing this game by myself with bots and trying to grind out kills for trophies. And I think that was probably one of the more annoying experiences that I put myself through. It was very much like, I don't really care what's happening sound-wise in this game. I'm basically just going to be in party chat, or if I'm not in party chat, I'm just going to have a podcast playing, or I'm just going to have headphones off and be talking to my wife or whatever. So I I was just truly not invested in that game at all other than the trophies uh, once I started going on it. And I'll be curious, Daryl, if that was one you thought of too because I know you obviously had a similar experience with that game. But yeah, those are basically the only things I could could really point to because, again, when I choose to platinum a game, it's usually deliberately chosen because the game has a good list and is supposed to be fun and engaging and all those things that we trophy hunters look for when we start to tackle our next projects. So yeah, Walking Dead, New Frontier, or the Mean Greens are the two things that came to mind for me. But Daryl, what did you have for this one? Did you mention the Mean Greens as well? No. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, When it comes to playing games, I know for a fact that I'm going to platinum 100%. As soon as I started, I know for a fact I'm going to get the platinum. Um, that doesn't always happen with a lot of games because I always end up like, you know, putting some games on hold and end up not coming back to them. So right. I, I feel like most games I do choose, I, I do have the intent of getting the platinum. Uh, but the Mean Greens wasn't too bad. And I, I'm surprised you're, uh, that was one of your games. It, it was a bit rough. <laughs> I, I agree. You know, playing by yourself does suck. But, you know, there was some times where you and I played and uh, oh, that was kind of where um, it got a little bit more interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I didn't mind it. It wasn't terrible. But um, it was kind of hard for me to pick a game. Like, I went through all of my plots 
And I, I couldn't really find one game that was probably my worst Platinum to date. But you know what? I did find one. I did find one. And it brought back oh. some uh, some bad <laughs> memories of playing this game. Oh, I think I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the game that I chose was actually the quarry. Ah, uh, this this was probably my worst platinum because I probably spent twelve extra hours on this game, twelve unnecessary hours on this game. PSN profile shows that you can do this game with a guide in thirty five hours. I did it in forty seven, almost fifty hours. And you know that there's just a number of reasons why I I don't like looking at guides in my first playthrough. That's just always a, a rule I live by. I like to do a blind playthrough no matter what. And then just the follow up playthroughs after is what kind of broke me. Uh, just doing, uh, I think if I think I did like maybe six to seven playthroughs for that game total, and. I am like the worst guy when it comes to guides. I, I am terrible at guides. Like <laughs> <laughs> I had a situation with another game I played. I'll talk about it later. But I'm just like the one guy. And I'll, I'll be curious to hear if this, if this is some, something you guys do as well sometimes. So I'm looking at a guide. I'm doing everything like exactly the same as I see in the video. But then I get these moments where I'm like, oh, I don't need to pause it. I know what's going to happen next. Let me just go <laughs> up ahead a few feet or pick up this collectible. Everything will be good. <laughs> as soon as I start the guy, dude, someone's like, do not pick this up because you'll be <laughs> locked out. Do not pick this up. Or like, do not walk this far. Or you are like not able to return to the, to the area and you have to start over again. I'm that guy. I'm like, what the fuck? Why didn't I just pause the damn video? Why do I keep going ahead of myself? That's oh, me. Yeah. Dude, that, that, that pains me. Time. That's like the classic RPG trope where you get to like a T intersection and it's like, oh, does left progress the story or is there like treasure down there? And then mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to like pick a direction. It's a 50-50 and there's no way to tell what one's the right way. Yeah. This is classic me with any game that has a bestiary. <laughs> and then I always fuck up. <laughs> yeah, dude, that that's so me. So I I came I ran into that situation a lot with the quarry. Like I was like, oh, you know, this is my fourth or fifth playthrough. I know this game like the back of my hand. Nope, was messing up everything. I was like, damn it, I gotta do another damn playthrough. What the hell? <laughs> like it, I was so mad. Like this game literally broke me. I'm like, dude, this game sucks. It's not fun anymore. I don't even want the platinum, but I need to get the platinum because I picked this game up day one. And I'm like super like trying to get the 100% on this. So I, I forced my I forced myself to play. And that, that's like the worst thing you can do as a trophy hunter is forcing yourself to play a game that's no longer fun. Like at that point, it's like, is the trophy, is the platinum even worth it? That's like the worst thing I would hate right. for myself to end up in. It's like, forcing myself to play a game I really do not want to play anymore. So for me, the quarry. That was my worst platinum. Yeah. The autosave in that game is so damn fast too. Like it, Oh yeah, like if you if, fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. The like I haven't gotten the plat yet. I am on my third playthrough, I think, but we've kind of stalled me and my wife. 
uh, for the last three months on that because we were tackling together. And there was a few choices I made in our blind playthrough where, like, as soon as I clicked the button, I knew, like, the next scene or, like, what it cut to. I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. And I would, like, pause it and go to, like, reset checkpoint, hoping I, like, caught it in time because I was hitting, like, pause, like, a second after I made my decision. And, no, it, like, the second you touch X or whatever decision you choose, like, you're locked in. There's no taking it back. So, yeah, that's a tough one to mess up on. Yeah, that that is rough. That is rough. The the story based games are yeah. I don't, it's it's again. We've talked about this many times. They're not ideal in many respects for trophy. You can't maximize the trophy hunting and also I think enjoy the story as it's intended in a lot of those games. So it's it's yeah. It's really tough to balance. And I guess just before Slugger, before we hear what you got to say, just to kind of echo what Daryl was saying, it's it's not so much that Mean Greens was. I don't think a bad game. It just kind of, it speaks to what we were talking about where it's like, it's hard for me to pick a bad game. Cause I don't typically platinum the game. If it's bad, I, there's certainly many games I would say that are worse than the two. I said, if we're looking at things that I've started, but not completed, but if we're going to say games that like I've actually hundred percent or platinum, which were the worst ones, then, then it gets a lot tougher. Cause there's only like 90 something of those, you know, we're not all sluggers over here with 300, 400, 500 platinums, <laughs> you know, to, to pick from. So, <clears throat> yeah it's interesting i'm just glad you didn't say spongebob bikini bottom you know <laughs> <laughs> game of the year game is sick go and play cosmic shake ps5 edition right now boys okay slugger what about you what's the worst game you platinum i thought this was gonna be hard because i like to think i'm like you guys where i only platinum stuff i actually enjoy and then I was skimming my list earlier today, and I realized that's not true at all. I have a couple Platinums that are really stinky, but there's one I want to hone in on because it is awful, and it sucks. Ooh. Um, it's a Vita game. Well, yeah, it's a Vita game. They might have it on PS4, but it's called Philippix, Phil's Epic Adventure. Mm. Do you guys know, have you ever heard of, like, Pacross puzzles or nonograms where it's like a grid like you have a big grid and it's a square and then there's numbers down the left side of the grid and on top of the grid and then you fill in the grid based off the numbers Mm, no that does not sound familiar no those puzzles are awesome highly recommend those puzzles i thought that's what i was getting into with this game it's not this game it's similar there's a massive massive grid and I'm playing on my little Vita on this little tiny screen, and I have like a 200 square by 100 square grid. And there's numbers all over this grid. And it looks like Minesweeper, but someone had like filled it out already or something. And you have, so like if the number nine is there, similar to Minesweeper, that means in a nine square box, all of those squares have to be darkened. And then you use like deduction to figure out like, oh, if there's if the number sevens there, you know, seven of the squares in this nine squares are going to be colored. So I got to like look at the numbers around. I don't, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Think yeah. Minesweeper. Yeah. But yeah. Like revert, it's like reverse Minesweeper. But on if you were playing Minesweeper on extra large mode across like 50 puzzles. And I was deceived very easily. I picked this up on a sale. The Vita was dying. I was looking for easy Vita Platinums I could do. And I was like, oh, this game looks kind of cool. It looks like these dope Picross puzzles I play on my phone all the time. Uh, The Platinum Rarity is super uh, common. Like, it's a 60.86. 
percentage right now on PSN profiles. Damn. But it is monotonous and it is dry. And once you've seen one puzzle, you've kind of seen them all. And there's really no like trickery to it other than like, like once you know how to solve, once you know how the system works, like the challenge goes away completely. So now you're just stuck for across 40 or 50 levels, filling in these two to 300 by two to 300 grids of puzzles. And some of the puzzles I was finishing and it would tell you your time at the end. And it'd be like, that puzzle took you two and a half hours. So these aren't like short puzzles. So I don't have a good like amount of time I spent on this game. I would guess 40 to 50 hours, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're doing the same puzzles over and over and over again, it's so dry. No, it sounds like a lot for that type of game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when they're, they're taking an hour or two to finish. So I started this game way back in 2018 and I dropped it. I played it till, you know, I was satisfied. I was like, you know what? I'm getting bored with this. I picked it back up in 2020, popped a couple more trophies, picked it up again in 2021, popped a couple more. And I finally got the platinum in 2022. So this was a four-year, uh, I guess, journey with me picking up this game and putting it back down. What ultimately pushed me over the hump, because I really didn't want to do all these puzzles naturally, was I found out uh, on the PlayStation... PlayStation... God, well, I can't talk. PSNP... <laughs> PSN Profiles, sorry. On the PSN Profiles forum... There was someone who's like, oh, here's a kind of a little hack to finish these puzzles quickly. You fill in the entirety of the board with black squares, and then you hit a button, and it checks for mistakes, and it says, you committed 5,000 mistakes. Do you want to correct it? And you hit yes, and boom, the puzzle's filled out. Puzzle complete. Even doing that, it still took me so much time because like on the Vita... Even though it's a simple puzzle game, it ran very, very poorly on the Vita. So I'm sitting there like chugging along for like 45 minutes to an hour, filling out these grids, just mindless work, and then hitting solve at the end or like, you know, checking if I have any errors. And yep, I have hundreds of errors. Correct it. Puzzle complete. Move on to puzzle two out of 50. Like, oh my God, it, dude. It was horrible. I, it wasn't a bad game per se i think it's kind of a cool puzzle idea i think they expected way too much and i applaud anyone that goes through all of those puzzles legit and doesn't do the little like trick that i did because even with the trick like it was probably 20 to 30 hours of doing that trick hated it hated every second of it jesus Don't christ me. yeah oh man oh man no that's a good choice for sure that sounds on pretty the flip bad side check out Picross. There's like a thousand of apps on your phone and they're super popular on the switch. I think Nintendo even has some first party license Pacross games where the pictures you're filling out are all like Nintendo characters. Oh, like that's Pacross cool. Pu yeah. Pacross puzzles are really cool. That's what I thought I was getting and I wasn't. So, okay. Well, buyer be warned. All right. Yeah, that's, in yep. that's intense. That's intense. Good choices there. And yeah, I'm curious, King, what you're thinking for your, worst platinum that you've ever or worst game that you've ever platinumed because uh it's an interesting question i've not really ever thought about until you wrote in but i'm sure we all have that one or two games that were like oh my gosh that was that was a chore <laughs> you know like that was that was a tough one to do so i'd be curious to hear what everyone else has to say in the discord and stuff as well but thank you king for the question and of course for the patreon support
The second question comes to us from Maximum Carnage all the way over in the UK. I wish Eli was here to read this one because it's a longer one. You know how much he loved reading out loud back in the day. You want okay. me to read? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Take us away. <laughs> what, what do you got? Uh, it's from Max. Uh, I wish I could do a good like British accent. Mm. But greetings, Solid Snake, Liquid Snake, and Solidus Snake. Jim Ryan is out. A new dawn is here for PlayStation. The Trophy Talk podcasters are here to create the first showcase in a, in a post-gym world. Each of you must <laughs> He's not dead. Three... He's not fucking dead. <laughs> it it sounds like this guy's just gone. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a moment of silence, please. Moment of silence for, for Jim. For Jim. We'll miss you, Jim. <laughs> Each of you must bring three game announcements to the show. I'll be putting in three announcements myself. That's Max bringing myself the total, or bringing the total number of games shown to twelve. So a twelve game showcase. Max is given three. Me, Colin, and Daryl are going to give our own three. The show doesn't have to be limited to first party. Complete the running order. All okay. Right. Let's uh, let's. I would say let's go one by one. Yeah, let's Instead do one by one. all three at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll let you take it away, Colin. Okay, so where to begin here? Where to begin? I think I, for my three choices, I've got some bangers, but I might start off with something safe. This is one that we've all talked about many times, one that we have all requested, I think, as PlayStation gamers many times, and maybe even as trophy hunters, and that's Bloodborne 2. Where the hell is it from Soft? Where is it? <laughs> I need it. We all need it. It's been enough time. It's been almost a decade since the game came out. It's a wildly successful franchise on PlayStation and really well respected amongst the, the trophy hunting community. Um, you know, in terms of those FromSoft games, this is one that is maybe not easy, but is easier. I think we're ready or ready for a Bloodborne 2. I put a little subtitle here of Crescent Moon. I don't know what it would be called, but I find it weird that they would just call it Bloodborne 2. And if there is another Bloodborne at some point, they might even just call it Bloodborne and then a, and then a semicolon and then like a subtitle or something. But that is that is what I would want more than anything. And I think you open the show with that, although I'm happy to be bumped to later in the show too. But Bloodborne 2 is something that everyone could get really excited about and it would really, I think, invigorate the fan base. So that's my first choice, Bloodborne 2. Nice. Um... I guess we can lump Max's in here, and then we'll go to Daryl. Yeah. So Max's first game, and I love this idea, uh, the Resistance Chimera Collection, which would be like a Master Chief Collections-style game where you have one, two, three, and Burning Skies. Maybe some updated graphics let you toggle between the two. I love that idea. I would personally like to see that for Resistance and Killzone. Mm. What do you guys think about... Uh, max's resistance pick daryl i'll let you go first uh that would be pretty cool you know i i think that's uh a game a very underrated game and a game i would love to play uh if given the chance so i i think a classics collection will be a pretty dope reveal uh just because you get quite a bang for your buck so that would be pretty dope yeah i agree i the only caveat that i have is i i don't know if I, I I haven't played these games, I'm not sure if there's a multiplayer component with them originally. I would not want the whole multiplayer suite functionality to come over because I wouldn't want to deal with the trophy hunting for that. Like if you look at the achievement list for the Master Chief Collection, 
there's so many multiplayer achievements in those games that are and some of them are like kind of tough too like you need to get like 500 killing sprees in online multiplayer win a thousand matches in online multiplayer stuff like that and i wouldn't want that piece of it to come over but if we're talking about just the single player campaigns awesome i've never played them and sony is desperately lacking some shooters especially because of the recent microsoft activision deal that's gone through you know microsoft has bolstered with call of duty they're shooting seen even more than they already had so yeah i think it's a good pick max for sure daryl uh let's see game? am i next yep okay uh let's see so i would like a new witcher game the witcher 4 i think uh you know been yes. a while anything like bloodborne I, I think it's about time we get something out of cd project red so witcher 4 would be a pretty awesome reveal um I absolutely enjoy part three. I love two the most, actually. Part two is what got me into it. So I, I hope that they do something. I think they will. Um, but yeah, a sequel to The Witcher 3 will probably be cool. Yeah, Witcher see. 4 would be sick. And it's going to be, it's coming at some point. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, am I, I may be wrong. Didn't they show like a teaser or at least say they were working on another one? They They announced that they're working on it. Yeah. Okay, they're working on it, but I think most of that team was on CD Pro or on CD Project was on Cyberpunk duty for a long time. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it was until the game was stable enough and didn't need the constant attention that they could break away some of that team to start on Witcher Four. I would imagine right, and then you just had Phantom Liberty come out and wrap. So let's assume a couple more months of support for making everything's iron out there, and then you just you switch some people over, and then you get the full team working on Witcher Four. So. I don't know, man. Realistically, what, 2026 for Witcher 4? Probably. But it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. What do you got for your first game, Slugger? Ooh. I'm trying to think of what fits best where. I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, I have good reason for this. It may not be a popular pick, but I think a fourth Sly Cooper game, or at least like a reboot of the series. I would love to see Sly Cooper come back. Um, my reasoning for this, I know that's not like a huge blockbuster banger, but I think PlayStation has been kind of missing those. I remember back in the, in the PS3 days and even parts of the PS4, like you had your big stuff like Uncharted and The Last of Us, but Sony also put out all that smaller stuff, Ratchet and Clank, Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter, like these almost like, yeah, they're not blockbusters, but they're really fun 10 to 15 hour experiences that kind of fill the time in between the bigger games. I don't know where those have gone. Like we don't really have them anymore. I would say ratchet and clank ripped apart was maybe the last one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or am I like misremembering? No, I mean, and you I'm had like, uh, there was like the little big planet game. That was a launch title, right? Okay. Uh, Sackboy. Sackboy. Yeah. But you don't really have those style of games anymore. And I would love if they did even just sly one, but in like, but gave it the treatment that like Crash and Spyro got, like actually just you know completely re- you know make the graphics really pop, make it super pretty, do something oh, yeah. like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, oh, I was thinking they're starting. I feel like they're starting to do this a little bit, leaning into like PlayStation Extra. Like we saw Humanity, we saw Stray, we saw Chia or Tachia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. 
I can't recall if those are all exclusives. I know they're at least PlayStation exclusive and on the PC. Didn't Stray might have came to Game Pass, but I it, think it did later. It was. It, I think yeah. it was like a year later. It came to Game or eighteen months. It came to Xbox, but it was out there for a while on PlayStation only. Right. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of missed the like the indies, like an indie focus PlayStation sponsored program, or smaller double A focus program uh, initiative where these games are filling in the blanks all between like the once or twice a year blockbusters that we see. So Sly Cooper four is going to be my pick. You've made me rethink what my third pick is going to be, but I'm not going to do that just yet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What I'm going to do for my second pick kind of speaks to a little bit of what we talked about with the resistance collection, which is that there's a lack of shooters, specifically first person shooters on PlayStation at this point in time. I think you need something big. Okay. So you can interchange a different game for this, which I'll get to in a sec. But I think you go, all right, Valve, we're getting Counter-Strike 2 console edition. Counter-Strike 2, I mean, Counter-Strike in general is just massive, right? And it just launched its official Counter-Strike 2 relatively recently. It's an intense, hardcore, first-person shooter that traditionally hasn't been very appealing from a cross-play perspective because of the PC support and how just precise the aiming needs to be in that game. But if you if you just limited it and said, "Hey, this is a PlayStation console exclusive, right?" That you're gonna, and you can play with just other PlayStation players and play Counter Strike on console. I think that would kill, and it would solve the multiplayer online sort of thing that you need from the shooter space. And you could still get the Resistance Collection as like the single player shooter style games. But I think Counter Strike Two would be amazing. Conversely, the other one I was thinking about that could fill a similar niche is if you're like, "Hey, we're getting Valorant console edition, yeah. right?" I think one of those two would be amazing to come over onto consoles and would really help. So yeah, I'll say Counter-Strike 2, but you could say Valorant as well. Either of those would work. Is Valorant by the League, guys? Yes, it is Riot. Yep. Does Xbox own Riot, or are they like partnered with them? I know you get a lot of Riot bonuses now with Game Pass. Yeah, they're just partnered with them, so you you get the bonuses if you sign in via your like same account that has Game Pass. You'll get like all the skin, all the champions in League of Legends. You get like exclusive Riot points for like skins and stuff like that. And I'm not sure exactly what the Valorant kind of perks are, but I would assume they're similar. But okay, yeah, something like that. So yeah, Counter Strike Two. Um, let's see. Oh, do we want to do Max's game next? Yeah, we can do that. Uh, so Max's next suggestion here would be a PlayStation 3 Arcade Classic Collection. Uh, some examples of games that could fit in this collection. He had remasters of Super Stardust HD, Blast Factor with the Advanced DLC, Pain, Calling All Cars, Pixel Junk Racers, and Crash Commando. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna sound like an awful PlayStation fan. The only one, the only two I recognize are Pixel Junk Racers, and that's because of the P- Pixel Junk name, and then Super Stardust HD. I have no idea what the rest are, so I feel like I need to like, <laughs> boot, boot my PS3 up and check these out. Yeah, same. I've I've not heard of many of those except for the two you listed, but I think it's a cool idea to get those kind of longtime fans something to be excited about, and you could even just charge like forty or fifty dollars for this package and include. A bunch of things in it. Daryl, do any of those names sound familiar to you? You recognize any of those? I don't. I'm completely out of the loop on what these games are and what they're about. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's I think it's worthwhile discussion. Lots of people have been asking for 
specifically PlayStation 3 games to have the ability to be played via non-streaming on the console. So that would be an awesome pick, I think, for, yeah, uh, for Max have, there. We have friggin' PlayStation Premium that everyone's complaining that they don't provide enough to, and they haven't even tapped into the PS2 market whatsoever. And the PS3 games on the service are the same ones that have been there since the inception of PlayStation now. Like, they've done nothing with the PS2 and PS3 era. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They're dropping the ball. They're fumbling. They, they are. They are. It'll only continue to be a bigger deal as Game Pass's library expands and expands as well. So yep. we'll have to see what they do there. But, um, yeah, Daryl, what's your next game? What do you have for us? Or did I go um, out of order? Game number... No. Oh, you're okay. on track. Okay, okay. Uh, game number two will also be another game I would like from... Uh, Sucker Punch, uh, just like Sly Cooper, I, I want another Ghost of Tsushima game. I need part two. Mm. Well, you're getting it, dude. I would like to see some stuff, man. You're, uh, yeah, you're definitely going to get that game. <laughs> I, I, I would be surprised if it's not out by end of next year. That's what I'll say. Dude, I am shocked you dropped that game and have not gotten back to it. You, <laughs> what the hell? And you like Assassin's Creed games. This is like, this is Assassin's Creed, but better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. It's a sin. I have to go back to it. I just, I picked it because I was trying to play something in between other games, and that was a bad choice for that game. Because I got into it, and I realized how big it was. And then I was like deterred. And I was like, well, this other game I want to play is like coming out in like a week. So I don't have time for this right now. And then my PlayStation Extra subscription like expired and I'm on Essential now. So now I have to buy it if I want to play it. It's no good. Yeah, man. It's no good. You got to get back into that. That game is so good. The story's good. The duels, man. The duels you can do. Um, yep. Man. Yeah, I I did that like it. I wasn't sick. like I wasn't blown away by it from the first like four hours either. I have to admit, I was like kind of like okay. I mean, I know that's maybe unfair because some games take a while to get going. I'm sure it's amazing, but I think part of the problem is because I was coming in late too. The game is so hyped up in the year that it came out that I was expecting this like holy shit kind of experience, and I was like, it's it's good. I mean, <laughs> so it's good. It's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. But maybe, uh, I, I gotta revisit some, it. I was having some some funny conversations with my with my cousin because we were both playing it. Dude, he absolutely hated the uncle, Jin's <laughs> uncle. Oh really? <laughs> really? Oh man. Yeah, because because of the the evolution of the of the main character, he's kind of like this honorable samurai, and he kind of uh, he kind of branches out from their. Um, from the code, the samurai code. And so he kind of gets closer and closer, like to being the ghost of Tsushima, which is totally different from what the samurai appreciate and honor. And then he's like, dude, the uncle is stupid. (laughs) He would literally let all of them die just to save his honor. I'm like, bro, he, he he would, (laughs) you see why Jen does all these things. And you're like, dude, it makes no sense. But because the samurai you know, they do things in a certain way because of their code. It, it just clashes with that. So we're we're just laughing at it. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, even if you don't get Ghost of Tsushima 2 next year, because admittedly they haven't announced it, you, you are supposedly getting Rise of the Ronin next year, which is a Team Ninja 
like samurai style game for the PS5. So you're going to get something that'll scratch that itch. But based on the success of Ghosts and based on like everything that's been said about that game over the years, I would be absolutely shocked if you did not get a, a Ghost of Tsushima 2 in the next couple of years. Like I would, that would be incredibly weird. So look forward to it, sir. Look forward to it. Slugger, what about you? What do you have for your next game? I don't know if this is allowed, but I'm going to try it. Oh, God, um, here he goes. He's going to say two things. This is classic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to pick one. <laughs> All right. Screen goes black from Ghost of Tsushima 2. Mm. Up, up pops the Insomniac logo. Crazy. I actually never played the first game, so I'm making this up in my head. Uh, <laughs> Sunset Overdrive 2 Ooh. gets announced. We get a dope trailer. Maybe it's a cinematic, just a little teaser. And they say, coming soon. And then we can speculate and say, hey, Sunset Overdrive 2 will probably be after uh, Wolverine. And then the screen fades black again. And then maybe some words come across the screen and say, did you miss the action the first time? And then it like pops up on another screen and says, Sunset Overdrive, now available on PS5. So, a Sunset mm. Overdrive 2 announcement since Insomniac developed the game. And Sunset Overdrive 1 to hold us over until the second one and to catch all the PlayStation users up who never played the game on Xbox get to play the first one on PlayStation now. Oh, shit. That would be, that would be fire, dude. That game is super fun from what I played on Xbox. Very good game. And it would be nice to see Insomniac do something different than like i think i'm obviously very excited for spider-man 2 we all are and i'm very excited for wolverine but i don't want them to become the like marvel studio you know what i mean like they need to keep an identity that's their own that's why like i i'm i would be much more excited if they were like hey uh we're actually doing another ratchet and clank game instead of wolverine almost like i'm like i'd rather you do that because it just it seems like i don't want them to get too pigeonholed into this only working with marvel studios and making superhero games but yeah. Sunset Overdrive is a completely different style of like aesthetic and, and everything like that. And I think that would be a ton of fun. That's a good I choice. Go, I had to go fact check myself because I was worried. I just said that. And then I thought maybe Microsoft still owns the IP. And that's why we haven't seen it come over. But no, they May don't. Fo- yeah, May 4th, 2021. Sony registered the trademark for Sunset Overdrive. So Insomniac brought it over with them. So I, I can't believe unless there was something in the contract with when they made the first game for Xbox. I can't believe we haven't seen it like ported over to the PlayStation yet. I know. And I don't know how these contracts go. Maybe it's like a 10 year thing and we're coming right up to when you could actually bring it over all of a sudden. Cause I think that game came out in 2014, maybe 2015, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, okay. it is weird. It is weird that they haven't done that. But even with just one of their portings, like you have these studios that are, you know, specializing in ports or even like blue point or someone like that could just, yeah, I don't know. Weird. But that would be cool. Daryl, did you ever play Sunset Overdrive? No, I have not. Okay. Yeah, that's a fun one on the on the Xbox side. But yeah, if it comes that's that's a great announcement. I'd be excited for that. Ghost two and then that right back to back, people will be losing their shit, guys. Yeah, this is a banger banger show so far. It's a banger show. Banger show. Alright, I guess that puts us back at the top for my last game. Fuck, dude got three to choose from here that i wrote down this is tough this is tough man okay well 
I think I'm going to go with the one. I'm just thinking of the run of the show so far. So you got boom, ghost two, boom, sunset overdrive two, goes to black again. Okay. You hear some rain, some lightning, some footsteps <laughs> walking in some puddles. <laughs> Lo and behold, Norman Reedus shows his fucking face again. And what are you getting? <laughs> you are getting the long rumored and the teased via the CG trailer at the end of PT, Silent Hills. Announced it's being worked on by Kojima Studios, also in collaboration with Konami, directed or uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro. Get the band back together. People want this fucking game. I don't understand what happened to this project. The blood at, at this studio at Konami, it must have been such bad blood, I guess is my point, that they scrapped this shit so hard. But this thing, I think, would be an absolute banger if people saw this. People would be off the charts excited. And Silent Hill's kind of coming back in the zeitgeist. There's a few of these games that are coming out. I think Silent Hill Ascension was sort of like the live, like interactive story project that just launched. But there's also a couple other Silent Hill games, including Silent Hill 2 Remake, which was supposedly almost done nine months ago. And we haven't heard anything about this game still. We don't know where that's where that's at from Bloober Team. But Uh-oh. I think, yeah, that's kind of a bad sign. I But I think this would really kill and would get a lot of people excited. It also would get Kojima to work on something a little bit different. I think Death Stranding 2 we know is coming, and I think that's going to be awesome. But that team is really big. They've got multiple studios across multiple countries. They've got to be working on something else. We know that they're working on an Xbox-exclusive title that's early in development. But, hey, maybe this thing, cross-platform even, right? Kojima Studios is not a first-party studio, so this could be on Xbox 2 or PC. I'm fine with that. But get them to make their horror game. Let them make Silent Hills. That's my final suggestion. That would like melt brains. It would absolutely, yeah, it would absolutely melt brains. So they just played or, the same CG trailer the as exact they, same yeah, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even if they took Silent Hills out of it, if they just left it as PT, like yep. people would lose their shit. <laughs> absolutely, they would. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that's my third and final game. And um, what did we have for Max's final one, Slugger? What did he say? All right, Max's final one, which I think is actually been rumored or confirmed to being worked on. Um, if because I've seen the rumors. This is um, in the but... NVIDIA leak, so it's probably real. Okay, yep. Final Fantasy IX Remake. Woo! I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not a major Final Fantasy fan by any means. I've only completed a few of them. And it's funny because I've never even fully beat nine. Because that, if I remember right, it was three or four discs and it was super long. And as a child, I had no attention span. But I played the first like 10 to 15 hours of that game so many times. And I just, I love the setting. I love the world. I really need to go back and do it and like just play it on PlayStation. But the platinum scares the hell out of me. Is that the jump rope one that we talked about? Yeah. Oh, God. I already have progress in it though. So honestly, just even if I just did the story and got some trophies, like it's better than the 1% I have now. Right. Um, yeah, it's 80 hours, 7 out of 10 difficulty, two playthroughs. Yeah, it's a beautiful Final Fantasy game. Great music. Uh, my personal favorite. So I would be so hyped for a remake and to be able to play it, you know, with the current current gen graphics, 4K, yeah. 60, and all that jazz. So Yeah, I, th- I think they would probably do it in a style similar to FF7 Remake, I would imagine, where, it, like, the same combat as that engine has and... And everything, but I would absolutely love if they somehow were just like, nah, we're gonna make the combat like FF16, and you're just gonna control one character. If they did that, bro, I'm in. 
I'm I'm super in because that that was the ticket for me. I think that made sixteen really digestible for me. Was like I'm living with this one character. I don't have to worry about upgrades necessarily for anyone else. I'm not picking accessories and equipment and armor for everyone else, which I know a lot of people missed. But that streamlined approach to that made it way more enjoyable to me. So I think that would be awesome. But sadly, I think this is going to be closer to the seven style, and I'll just have to wait for Final Fantasy seventeen or maybe Final Fantasy sixteen too. They could pull one of those. They've done it before with 10-2 and 13-2. So we'll see. Mm. We'll see. But yeah, good one there, Max. Okay, then. Let's go to you, uh, Daryl, for your final game. All right. My final game is going to end it. Slugger will not get a chance to name his <laughs> because it, it's too big of a game. It's <laughs> too big of a game. Can I go next, then? <laughs> for the run of the show I, no. so we so yeah okay 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 My, mine's not a show ender so if you think you have like a too big of a game i feel like i should go next all right we'll, we'll do that then let's see what you okay. got daryl's okay. got star wars squadrons too dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> why did we steal it i don't think this is a show ender i probably should have put this higher up so in the same vein as the sunset overdrive i kind of cheated a little I like the tag team of the remastered collection, so I would love to see Infamous 1 and 2 mm. remastered, ported, whatever, just playable on PS5, all the DLC included for both games. You can maybe even throw uh, the PS4 game in there. The name of that is slipping my mind and it's bugging me. Oh, Second Son. Second Son. Maybe make it a trilogy thing, but honestly, if I had to pick... That or a new Infamous game, I'd go with the new Infamous game. I adored those games. I I mean, they were arguably like the best superhero games we had prior to Spider-Man, at least in my opinion. Um, being able to go evil and become a villain or being able to be a hero and your powers changing depending on like what choices you made in the story. I thought that was just such a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and like they use infamous second son to really show off the power of the PS4, like lots of particle effects. When you blow stuff up, you're seeing sparks and uh, shattered cement and stuff flying everywhere. Like, I can't believe we like Sony has that IP and it's just kind of sitting dormant. Like it, it's such a good IP and I think it's being underutilized. So either if I can combo them, I would say give, bring all the old games of PlayStation five, whatever that looks like. And then a teaser for Infamous 4. If not, I would just say Infamous 4. So Interesting. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good choice. A lot of people are probably wondering what's going on with that franchise because it's been dropped for a while. And yeah, I've never played any of those games. So that'd be fun for me to get to, to dive into them and check out for sure. For you can sure. check out Second Son and it probably... It, there's some Easter eggs to the earlier games, but... That's a standalone title that could be played without those, and I believe. Does that have had... DLC? I think it does, right? Yeah, but it was a it was a whole separate game. There was like Infamous Second or First Light. Okay, so, so it's it, yeah. Okay. It didn't add on as a DLC. It added on as a whole separate trophy list. The okay. DLC was really good. You played as a different character with different powers. I actually think, I think Eli played this game back in the day. I seem to recall him talking about it at one point at work. That's cool. So that makes sense. Yeah, he was talking yeah. about some like combat arena that he was having trouble with. It. I yep. think that yep. might have been. Yeah, there was yeah. combat arenas. Mm -hmm. But there's um, I believe it got a PS5 update. So if you went ever went and checked them out, 
I think they run at 60 frames per second, which is pretty cool. It'd be cool to go back and play them with all the technical upgrades. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, trophy three out of 10 difficulty, two playthroughs, 20 hours for this game. Yeah. For a second son. Easy. So not bad. Not bad. All right, Daryl, what do you got? Daryl, this better be a banger. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it not be. Oh, <laughs> A boy and his wow. I am Mayo Part 3. Oh, yeah. I think there is a Part um, 3, dude. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let's... Uh, final game. So, no other studio has me wilding out. Hella hype for their game. <clears throat> other than Rockstar. So, yes. I'm going to say GTA 6. Mhm. Mhm. So the day that comes to the showcase with some, you know, story elements and some reveals, whoo, it's gonna be a big day for me. I I will literally put the release date on my calendar because yeah, that's, that's how big you gotta take a day game. off work for that. I will take a day off. For Let's, go. I am Let's go. I'm putting my in right now <laughs> yeah, on look. stream to you, Colin. Even though you're not my my team lead. <laughs> but yeah, but I'll dude. It's approved. So PTO's already approved, pre-approved for GTA Six. <laughs> Let's go, dude. That would be so hype. And you ready for this, Daryl? So in the in the in the earnings call recently that Rocksteady, well not recently, a couple months ago that Rocksteady had, they're projecting their biggest ever financial gains. In Q1 of 2024. Okay. Why would they be projecting a multi-billion dollar profit out of nowhere in the beginning of 2024? What could There's possibly no way it's ready. What could possibly be coming? Well, you know what it is in GTA 6. My theory is you're going to see it at the Game Awards this, this December. That's my... a quick release. They're going to do a quick release. They're going to show the trailer there, and it's going to be coming out in three months. That yep. would be hype as... Yep. That would be hype as fuck. Because they don't... <laughs> Rockstar has never traditionally done the whole, you know, E3 thing, right? If you think about the GTA Five trailers when those came out, it was just, like, a couple trailers, and it was like, yeah, it's out in, like, three months. You'll fucking buy it. Like, we're no, we don't even need to sell this thing that much, because once we do the first trailer, everybody's in, you know? And they can just announce it whenever they want. So I think you're going to see it I think you're going to see it before May of next year. That's my prediction. Exciting stuff. Daryl's over there putting it in his calendar. He's, he's asking oh, yeah, for PTO May. from January through May, just in case. <laughs> I circled the whole month. I don't even know what day it is. The month is circled. There you I go. It's going to be that month. There you go, dude. So, yeah, next we think this year is a great year for gaming, and it is. But next year is also going to be incredibly hype. So it's going to be a good, good time. I gotta look. So, <clears throat> GTA Five was announced November 2011, or announced October 2011, released September 2013. That was a big gap, actually. Then, I dude, I would be shocked if we got a. But it's already that... announced, though. I think by the time the first YouTube trailer came out, it was like less than a less than a five month window. Have we? Have they officially announced it? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we know it's being worked on because of the leaks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, didn't think there was a formal announcement of like, oh, here's a teaser trailer. I mean, I'm just saying based on the earnings call, right? I don't know what else it would be that would give them this massive push. 
in I could G- maybe see the GTA four remaster. Maybe I was thinking maybe the trailer come drops then and then they expect a flock of players to go back to GTA five. Yeah, I mean if they do the trailer for that and they're also like and also GTA four remaster is out right yeah. now, maybe that would be something. But either way, it's very cool. Very cool. You guys, we got a good showcase here. When's it happening? Okay. We just need all this stuff needs to come out. Soon. Very soon. Very soon. Thank you, Maximum, for the question. Let us know, guys, what you think about our showcase here, what you think about the titles we announced. Some good shit, I think, from all of us. So thank you, Max, once again. Okay, boys, let's get into what we've been playing. As you guys alluded to at the top of the show, you guys have been playing a fuck ton of stuff. So unclear exactly how we want to do it, because I really only have one game to speak of. I've played a lot more of Final Fantasy XVI. And I beat Final Fantasy 16, my first playthrough. I'm only missing two trophies now, which are to get all of the skills fully upgraded and to beat the game on Final Fantasy mode. The idea, though, is that I'm going to kind of work that in after AC Mirage, which is going to be my next main game. And then that way, Spider-Man 2 can be Platinum number 100. Which, even though I'm not much of a milestone guy, it seems like Platinum 100 is probably, probably an important one to pick something cool and i'd be fine with it being ff16 or spider-man 2 but i just think spider-man 2 is gonna it's gonna eke it out so with that being said you know i really only have one game to speak of do one of you guys want to go first and then i can be a little peanut butter spread in the middle a little sandwich here what do you think yeah that that's, that sounds good i'll go first if you don't mind slugger yeah take us away all right <clears throat> cool so, like Colin said, I have been playing a ton of games. This, this is becoming the norm for me, I believe, on what we've been playing episodes. I feel like I've been playing quite a bit than I normally have in the past, which is good because I am, I am having so much fun with this <laughs> PS Plus Extra subscription. I did not realize how fun it would be to uh play a little bit extra to have more video games at my disposal so i'm taking i am taking full advantage of it and it is paying off because right now um i said i I set a goal for myself and i've talked about it a few times now i hope to get to 70 platinums and i've already done that and my newest goal was to try to get to 80 before the year is up i am already at 80 so can you I hit am, 90? 90 is the new goal at the moment. I don't know if I'll be able to. I feel like I got time. I feel like I got it. 100 is definitely out of the picture, but I can definitely get to 90 for sure. But yeah, I, I am making headway this year, which is cool. And, you know, with that, um, let's kind of go over the games I've been playing. So I don't think I talked about this last time. I think I talked a little bit, but I did complete Inside. Uh, a game that Colin talked about a lot and enjoyed, and game is so sick. I, absolutely, <laughs> I had the same outcome with that game. I enjoyed it a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was very weird, and but that was good. That was the the best part about the game. Uh, it, it's kind of like, um, well, what am I trying to say? It's definitely a game where the story does not make sense to you. It's <laughs> kind of one of those games where you just kind of have to try to piece the story yourself. Um, it's one of those games that everyone's just going to have a different story. Um, you know, people will notice things. 
and uh, come up with their own conclusions about the game. I totally did not know what the story is about at all. I did have an idea of it at the very beginning. I was like, oh, you know, maybe like some this um, catastrophic event took place, and now you know here we are. These these humans are being controlled, like you know, by mind control or something. But then it just got weirder and weirder the, <laughs> the further you progress in the story. Now you got like robots that can like detect you. You got these dogs that were chasing. The dogs was was probably the freaky part. Yeah. Uh, not the freakiest part of the game, but it was kind of weird. You know, it kind of kind of caught me off guard at times where I'm like being chased by dogs. Uh, but the weirdest part is the it was the girl in the water, dude. That is probably the freakiest part of the game. Oh, I, it tripped God. me out a few times, especially like some of those puzzles where you had to like kind of guide her away from you where you're going and then you know she's like right on your tail and she's catching up catching up and there's like a puzzle where the door you have to kind of like open the door lead her away oh yeah yeah swim fast enough to get underneath the door uh there's a few moments like that where she's like chasing you and you have to like be pretty quick uh very freaky and uh, there's this one level that Colin and I talked about at work. Really cool level. It, it definitely caught me off guard. Uh, another <laughs> moment too, because it's the moment with like the sonic boom. So a lot of you have played this game, you'll know what I'm talking about. There's that sonic boom level where you had to like traverse this this catwalk and take cover when the sound boom sounds off. Um, I knew right away that you would probably be killed or something would happen. Maybe it would blow you off the catwalk or maybe it would just like, you know, blow you up. But when you actually get blown up, dude, it was like the most graphic thing possible. Like the, the <laughs> little boy disintegrated, like just taking a child and just blowing him up into smithereens. That was crazy. I was like, whoa. I did not expect that at all. It was pretty cool to see, but man, was that gruesome. Yeah, uh, I, lo that, I love that level. I, I, like I was telling you at work, Daryl, that's what I designed. Part of my Dungeons & Dragons campaign was because of that level. I was really inspired by that. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> yeah, it was sick, man. And the, the puzzles in this game were well-crafted. Uh, they're pretty cool. I like it. It was a good balance of just like platforming and puzzle solving, which was really good. And just the ending. The, so the game is confusing. Like you really don't know what the hell is going on, but the ending itself is just like, whoa, like how more, like how more confusing and like randomness can this, this game be now all of a sudden? It, right. If, if you play the game, you know what I'm talking about. It just completely like, just took a left turn and I was like, wait, what's going on now? Do I like, do I hop out of this at any point? Or am I just <laughs> is this insane? it now? Yeah. Like, please don't tell me this is it. This is where my story ends, you know, but great game. Definitely check it out. Um, I checked it out on the PS plus extra, which is one of the many games I'll be talking about all these games I played on the extra service. So a uh, good list for you guys to hear from me. Uh, next game I played was Unpacking. Do you know this game, Colin? Unpacking? No, but I was kind of creeping your profile the other day because I seen you've been playing a lot of stuff, and I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" So yeah, what is it? Yeah, so this is one of the games I chose for the A to Z challenge. This was my U at the time. 
which kind of fueled my drive to play this game because I, I knew you and a few other letters are probably going to be a little bit more challenging to find. So Unpacking was the game I chose for you. This was a pretty easy game, nothing too difficult. Basically, it's just like um, you, you get these rooms and these rooms are, are like they... It's centered around like a character or multiple characters, and these rooms are kind of like a representation of their their progress in life. So, the room of this person is like the room when they're a little child, go to college, get married, yada yada yada, mm -hmm. have kids, stuff like that. So the rooms start off pretty simple at first. The kids' room, all you need to do is like you, you get like this one bedroom that belongs to this kid, and then. All you're doing is unpacking things into the room. So you get a few boxes. Uh, the boxes contain items for the child, for example. There's like toys, school supplies, board games, stuff like that. And as you progress through that person's life, the unpacking gets a little bit more uh, gets a little bit more congested. There's a little more bit more things to unpack, especially when like they go to college when they're married and uh and then usually at that point there's more rooms that you have to unpack bedrooms bathrooms living rooms all sorts of rooms there's a lot of things to unpack the game was pretty easy um i i enjoyed it this is one of another of those games where like depending on like which room you're in you kind of have to piece the story yourself or like at least you know try your best to understand what's going on but yeah, it was an easy game. It, it wasn't too difficult. There was a point in the game where I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be very like organized and like I'm gonna be very meticulous on like how I'm gonna put things away. I want things in this center, you know, I want things to be like I want everything to be very feng shui, like everything meshes well. But then the further I got into the game, I was like, dude, I'm just putting shit everywhere. If it doesn't go there. You know, the yeah, game whatever. will tell me. I don't <laughs> care. Dude, like, I put so much stuff on the kitchen table, like, random stuff. I put, like, <laughs> pots, condiments, you know, dishes. If the game allowed it, I was like, okay, I'm leaving it there. I'm not moving it. <laughs> and eventually, you get to, like, a house. Two, two stories, dude. And each room had, like, four or five boxes. Oh, God. I was like, man, this is getting really out of hand. But uh, easy game. I had fun with it. It kind of had like a bunch of random trophies that kind of like made the game a little bit more fun. Like uh, one trophy was like flushing the toilet in each room, something like that. <laughs> or, um, you know, it, it, there was like some random trophies like that, which I actually enjoyed doing towards the end. So like I said, this was my A to Z challenge. This was my U game. So when I was like hella excited, I was like, yeah, I got my U game finally. Let's go. Let's go. I go to upload that Discord. I go to U. I was going to update U, but then I realized I already did U. I oh, did Untitled Goose Game. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, it's tragic. So I was like, dude. And that totally took the fire out of me. I'm like, fuck this game, dude. I'm done with it. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe I, I did this. I loved that game. I played it on the 360 or the Xbox and it was on Game Pass. And I thought it was such a like unique way to tell a story. 
like mm. just unpacking people's items and kind of piecing the story together yourself. I thought it was really cool. Mm. Yeah, I've heard good things about it from others as well. It's a good game. I, I was definitely raging. It was nothing towards the game. It was just, dude, how the hell did I miss that? Like, I already played a U game. Why was I playing another U game for that slot? I, it it definitely took the fire out of me. I was like, dude, I'm not playing any more games for, for this A to Z challenge. I whiffed it. The guys are going <laughs> to look at me and be like, dude, are you serious? They're like, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to play another game I've already done for T, um, which I'll talk about later. But yeah, that was kind of, that was one of the games I played. Um, I played Lake, which is another easy game. Uh, that took me about four to five hours to complete. Oh, that's not bad at Man. all. No, it wasn't bad at all. Thankfully, all the trophies are golds. Uh, so that kind of that distribution. Though. Oh, I need to hop on that, dude. I need some of that help. <laughs> but oh my god, dude, this game got so boring. Like the first few days when you get into town and you're like delivering mail, it's pretty fun. You meet all the characters. You kind of get the lay of the land. Um, I did enjoy driving around the lake a lot. It was pretty serene, uh, serene and just like a very cool sight to see. Kind of reminds me of like Lake Tahoe. But dude, like after the second day, you just get so many more deliveries, so many houses to, to deliver mail to. It got so repetitive. I was so bored. Thankfully, there's a way you can save scum and just like get all three endings without having to play the game over and over again. Mm -hmm. But man, even even save scumming suck because you had to do like at least 20 minutes of like end game stuff. There's like this long drawn out like ending that you have to do and then you got to make some decisions. That sucked. But uh, the game was all right. It was kind of boring. Okay. I will make it. Oh, <laughs> what? Two days ago, they announced a holiday DLC for Lake. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Going news. around now, you're gonna go around the lake in the wind in the winter time. And it wow. looks like you're a, a male, uh, a male mailman instead of the think, the lady. I what? think you. I I did hear something about a DLC coming out. I think you guys, you're supposed to play as the dad. Yeah, it might be the dad. I don't know the story, but. Dude, you know, it was probably your playing it, Daryl, that pushed him over the edge. You're like, look at all this resurgence and in interest in this game. Like, we need to put, we need to put out some DLC now. <laughs> I, I don't mind going back to it. Just please don't make me deliver so many mail and packages. It sucks because you, you can't run in that game. Mm. I mean, a mailman don't run, but I'm. But they briskly Amazon, walk, they you run. know. Yeah, they yeah they're moving. Dude, they don't even briskly walk in the game. Like your hold is like hold L two to walk faster. It's like one speed difference, dude. <laughs> like, come on. It's kind of like in the I Telltale games. To make. Yeah, yeah. Was this game like yeah. playing a Hallmark movie? Because that's the vibes I get when I watch the trailer. Yeah, you you, you meet characters and all that like stuff going. Then <laughs> 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 you you're like um. Catching up with old friends and making up, you know, trying to make up time loss and stuff like that. You can make 
relationships and yeah dude it, it is definitely the embodiment of a hallmark movie for sure and i think that's what kind of bore the hell out of me i'm like come on really yeah this is this is too this is too much for a game this is not fun yeah yeah it took it a little too far and they have like this freaking like teacher from the Charlie Brown show. Like every time she was in the kitchen, <laughs> she'd be like, I'm like, what's going on? Why is this person talking like that? Like, why did they have her in like talking this way? It was really annoying. Yeah, that's weird. And for some reason, the, the, the main character loves blueberry pie is so random. Hmm. She's like, can I get some of your blueberry pie? <laughs> like, uh, dude, it's a game. How long? How much longer until the platinum? God, three more hours. And this, even though, <laughs> yeah, it's even only a five-hour game. You're feeling that way, so oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, it's an easy plat. It, it I, I, I might be a little bit too harsh on this game. It was okay. There's some. There's some fast traveling in the game, which kind of helped because, like, there's so many places to deliver mail. So I was fast traveling a ton. And there's even moments where I was just, like, on autopilot, which was cool. I just put on autopilot and just, like, do something else in the meantime. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was an easy plat. Easy, easy game. Check it out. Uh <laughs> Yeah, let me know, man. That game is so boring. <laughs> Such a boring game. Maybe don't, maybe don't check it oh. out. But <laughs> I was gonna do it for L, so we'll double back here in a couple, couple episodes and see what I think of it. All right. <laughs> it is a great game for L. Um, but yeah, one game I'm very excited to talk about, and I think Slugger might talk about as well, is the Medium. So I played the Medium. And I, I copied Slugger because Slugger was playing the first, and then I saw the announcement that I was going off the the service um, pretty soon. I believe it's this month, in a few days, actually. Was, wait, actually, in a day? Wait, I'm so lost. It's soon, very soon. Mm-hmm. I think by the time be... you're hearing this, it'll be off the service. Oh, okay. Yeah. So because of that, I right away just hopped on this game. So I had this game downloaded for a minute. I've been wanting to play this game for so long. And this was a really cool way to kind of jumpstart my Spooktober with a scary game. This game wasn't scary, scary, but it's definitely uh, a game that fits in that time of the month for October. And the medium, this was one of those games where I was talking about where I'm like super terrible at guides. Because, um, you know, I, I, again, those moments where I'm watching the guy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen this place a hundred times. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, I know the routes. I know how to get there and this and that. But then, like, there's a point in the in the guide where I'm like, I never got back to that part. Like, am I supposed to show up there eventually? Like, why did I not cross paths with this part, with this part in the guide again? Uh, sure enough, it's because the guy backtracked and went back to like this other area I explored earlier. So I'm like, why did I not do that? Like, why did I just like not be like, why didn't I think at that moment, dude, why am I keep going straight when I know 
that what's in the video looks nothing like what's in my game right now. Like, yeah. why am I still going forward? Like, shouldn't you go back and explore something like in the earlier areas? So I, I that was what happened to me. So this should have been only like a five to six hour plat run. It took me almost 10 hours, dude. I had to play the whole game again. I was already four hours in it. Dude, I was so livid. I was like, why oh, do I suck shows. at watching guides, man? Mm -hmm. Why do I suck at these? <laughs> these damn guides. They're meant to be easy, but I make it so damn hard on myself. Like, what the F? <laughs> um, with all that shenanigans out of the way, uh, this is a great game to play for October. This game had me on the edge of my seat. Like the game says, you play as a medium. You, um, you play in... You're a medium who can communicate with spirits. So at certain points of the game, you are like in real time, but then there's also times where you're like in the spirit world. And it had like this really cool aspect to it where you're like in both worlds at the same time, but you see different things. Like in the real world, everything looks pretty normal, but mm -hmm. normal is kind of a, you know, it's not really the right word because you're exploring like this, this hotel and later areas where like this really crazy event took place. But when you're in the spirit room, everything's just like, you know, dead, um, very like evil looking. It's like weird having mm. like these two realms like on your screen at the same time. And uh, certain, certain areas are available to you. Other areas are you know you have you don't have access in the normal world in the normal world but you do in the spirit world so there's things you can do in the spirit world world that kind of unlocks you know progression for you in the normal world does that make sense uh, yeah Colin? yeah yeah so you're like swapping between to solve puzzles and the one things you do in one world have a effect tangibly on like the items and the the location in the other yeah exactly. yeah so like sometimes like in the real world uh, a door will be closed, but in the like spirit world, the doors open, mm -hmm. and like your spirit can pass through it. You can actually like re release the spirit from your body and pass through that door and go to the other side. And you'll like flip a breaker switch, and it'll open the door in the real world. So you're like constantly bouncing or going flipping back and forth between both worlds to like progress in the game. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, so um, you get a lot of moments like that, and the game really has like this cool atmosphere behind it. So, you know, the, this character, um, she she is a medium, so she communicates with spirits, which is hella freaky. Uh, so she communicates with a lot of spirits in the game, and there's one particular spirit in the game that just absolutely like scared the shit out of me because it it functions in a way like the main characters so this is a character this is a character that is introduced to you in the spirit realm but can also exist in the real world as well in a very strange fashion it's it's invisible you can't see it at all you can kind of see the silhouette of it and it is absolutely like the most frightening and like bone chilling character because it's a character that is like it's coming it's like seeking you out it, it wants you for a particular reason 
and just the just the kind of dialogue that it has while you're like trying to evade it is probably like some of the most chilling stuff I've heard. It's like it's crazy stuff. Like mm. Slugger will probably be like, "Yeah, that was freaky." Like there's like moments where it's like. I want to wear your skin suit. Oh God! Uh, like, he, he, like, he really wanted the skin. <laughs> yeah, dude. And it's like, where are you? And like, it is weird. It's like this freaky, freaky spirit. And like the first time you see it or are introduced to it, it kind of seems like it. It doesn't look all that scary. Like, bro, don't tell me this is the main villain of the game. Mm-hmm. And then it's like right away, dude. There's this like chase scene, and you're like running, you're running, you're like, what are you running from? But then all of a sudden, you start to see the the spirit in the background like catch up to you, like, whoa, <laughs> run faster, run faster. And then there's like these chases in the game where it's like, oh, you know, I'm running straight. Oh no, the my my path ahead is cut off. Now I have to make right. It was like some split second decisions on like where to go because if you made the wrong choice, it would it would basically mean the, the end. You have to restart. And then there's like this, you get a few of those where you have to go right, left, right, left, and then you're going and you're going straight. And then all of a sudden, the enemy pops right in front of you. I was like, oh shit! Oh, <laughs> and it was like, like. It's just away from like grabbing you. I, I feel like that's intentional. I feel like that's just supposed to happen. But I'm like, dude, like how did I dodge that? That was so close to grabbing me. And, dude, that's um, that sounds scary as fuck. Actually, it it, it was kind of freaky. And then like, yeah, there's moments like that in the game where you're trying to evade it. Uh, you got to solve some puzzles and stuff like that. So very freaky enemy is definitely probably one of like the scarier. Uh, enemies that I've encountered uh, in a game in, in quite a while, so it it was a great game to play. Yeah, I would definitely uh, check out the guy for this because there are a ton of collectibles in this game. They are all missable. There's no way that any of these collectibles carry over in between runs. So if you miss one, <laughs> and I mean, if there's only one that you miss, none of your other collectibles you found carry over. You're gonna have to find all of them again in your new playthrough. Mm. Um, but the 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 collectibles are pretty cool. The lore is really good. I I like reading them. I'm not big of a lore person, but I think for this game, because of how much I enjoyed it, I definitely did take the time to read them. They did offer some pretty cool. Um, background into like the events that happen, characters and stuff like that. But I think the thing I like the most is uh, there's these these items you can find, and because of what has taken place, they leave an imprint of the event that that took place. So you know some of the some of the items you find they have like these memories that can be retold of like some happy things that happen but mostly it's probably like some tragic things that took place so they kind of did something similar to what middle of earth did where you find an item and then you kind of use like your your um your ability to kind of find like the um the inability they they call it in the game it's called insight so you use your insight to find like the the main point of that on that item where the memory can be retold so that was pretty cool that's what i really enjoy the most of like middle middle of earth 
Shadow or Middle Earth Shadow Mordor. Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. they have those collectibles like that. It's like, oh, I'm not just picking up a cup. There's actually something meaningful behind this cup. Let's find where um, I can retell this memory, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I like that. Uh, but yeah, great game. I liked it. it is uh, it was a freaky game? It's not a scary, scary game, but I think the moments I had with uh, the Maw is the name of the of the the villain in this game is probably pretty frightening. <laughs> Check it out, man. Some of the things that that thing says to you when it's trying to find you was super freaky, man. I'm like, oh god, this is scarier than Outlast too. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not moving. So, so the thing that really interests me about this game is more just the team, right? That it's Bluebird, and it's like, okay, they're making Silent Hill 2 remake. What can we learn about how good that game could be based on this game? So, based on your experience with playing the medium, do you think the Silent Hill 2 remake is in good hands with this team? I mean, when I, after I finished this game. I went like I I checked out reviews for the game. I wanted to see what the what the general consensus was for this game. I thought it'd be kind of like mixed. I thought a lot more people would say, "Oh, it was just you know a, a terrible game." It was an okay game. Like it it did its thing. I enjoyed it, but I gotta say, a lot of people were pretty positive about this game. They said a lot of good things about it, and I was surprised too because I was like, I haven't heard much about this game. This game is kind of like under the radar. Nobody's really talking about it, or at least I haven't really looked at looked to see what people were saying. Right. But when I did, a lot of people were absolutely like, you know, they they were enthusiastic about the game. They had a really good time with it. So to your question, Colin, I think the I think Silent Hill is definitely in good hands. The medium, the medium was one of the games I was definitely going to put on the showcase, like for a sequel. Because I enjoyed it. I was like, dude, this game is so good. Like, I really want another sequel or another game for uh, the medium. So that, mm. that kind of goes to show how, how much of a, of a great game it is. And it was definitely in good hands. That's great. That's really awesome to hear. I mean, they've, they've done other things, of course. They also did that Blair Witch game, which I think was a little bit less well-received. And, and, and some others, uh, Layers of Fear, I think, was them as well. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely, like, a horror studio, and they've been firmly in that, like, good to great, or, like, probably good realm, you know? So I'm glad to hear that this one for you, would like, broke the barrier into, like, a great game. So that's very cool. Yeah, uh, great game. I would highly, highly suggest checking it out. It's worth a play. It's a short game. The trophies are easy, minus the, the missables. That was probably the only thing that worried me about that and uh, some other trophies as well. But that was pretty much it for uh, for the medium. So I'm curious to see what Slugger's got to add to that. But currently, I'm just working on a very small indie, Valiant Hearts, The Great mm-hmm. War. I-, I played the demo for that on the 360. Never played the full game. So finally got my chance to check it out. This is actually my, my V game for the A to Z challenge. So... Totally did not take myself out of the game. I think I just lost a little bit of steam with the whole fiasco with the double U plat. But yeah, uh, I definitely want to get double digit uh, double digit letters completed for sure. 
Hell yeah. All right. Well, like I said, you've been playing a lot of stuff, so I'm I'm quite proud of you. You're having a killer year, especially in the last couple months there too. So kind of the opposite trajectory for me. I feel like I started strong and then I've slowed, but I'm hoping to pick that back up very soon here. So I'll maybe I'll be on par with you. But if you get to 90 plats this year, you're going to be only 10 behind me, basically. Like, I think I'll get... Yeah, man. I might get 101 or 102 total after this year, because I think, like, Spider-Man, I'm not going to be playing it until, like, probably, you know, mid-November, and then I'll be done with that in, like, early December. So I might have time for, like, one more game this year, depending on the length of the game. So we'll see how it goes. But you're catching up. All right. Um, let's see. So I think I'll go. I'll just go real quick, and then I'll pass it to you, Slugger, because I know you've got some stuff that you've been been playing as well. Quite a bit of things. So I've, like I talked about, I've been playing the the main story for Final Fantasy 16. I cleaned up all the side trophies on or side you know stories, collectibles, and trophies for that, except for the final two that I need, which I'm going to get in New Game Plus. So I I. You know, I'm not going to go to too extensive detail on that because I really talked about that the last time we did a what we've been playing. I think Final Fantasy 16 right now is probably my game of the year. We will see how that changes as the year goes on because I've yet to play Mirage and I'm going to play Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Wonder, things like that. But right now, Final Fantasy 16 is just, it's incredible. It's a, uh, it's a triumph. You know, everything about it is really well done. I think you can you can make some gripes about the side quests in the game from an actual game design standpoint. And the game does this thing where throughout it you've been playing and you know, you've been doing these side quests and they don't really give you very much and they don't seem very impactful and the stories aren't that great. And then you get towards the end of the game and it's like, Oh, here you go. Here's like legitimately like twelve side quests right before the final mission of the game, and all of them have the deepest stories of any of the side quests so far. And the reason that this is a problem is because it trains you in the beginning to sort of ignore the side quests unless you're going for trophies. So if you're a trophy hunter, this I mean, obviously you're going to be doing them all anyway. But if you're not, it's like, okay, well, these don't really seem that cool and they're not really that engaging, so I'm just going to skip them. But you're going to rob yourself of the ones at the end because you've likely – it's sort of like the, the cry wolf scenario where you just don't think they're going to be good and they actually end up being – Quite good. So, yeah, I, th I think the combat in the game is fantastic. It's really fun. It's engaging. It's it's just challenging enough. You know, having said that, on normal, I don't think I died one time in the entire game. I did fail a couple chronolith trials in the game, but I bumped it down to easy and then was able to knock that, those out on the first try. I think there was one trial that maybe took me three tries to do, but in all said and done, like, the initial playthrough for the game is a breeze. I said before, you don't have to be on your phone. Clear the map. Talk to talk to people when they have icons pop up above their head. It's not an overwhelming open world like you might be picturing. It is very, you know, kind of segmented spaces, sort of semi-linear open world spaces that you can play in. So it never becomes like it's this giant checklist like something in Far Cry or something in, you know, I don't know, other Ubisoft games or even um even other open world games of, of a similar nature so it, it's really really good the story is incredible the graphics are incredible go play final fantasy 16 daryl go buy it do it now okay <laughs> so yeah and i hope to have the platinum on that after i do mirage i'll just have to beat the game on new game plus and that's it and grind out some skills but that i'm assuming that'll take me 25 to 30 hours as opposed to the 66 hours my first playthrough took me so 
that will be coming. The other thing that I've been doing, and I was really hoping to have it finished today by the time we talked, I'm literally on chapter seven of seven on my final run for this. So I'm, I'm probably going to finish it when we get done with this tonight. It's just going to take like 30 minutes or so. And that is Resident Evil 4 Separate Ways DLC. We talked about this on our trophy list review episode just briefly at the top of the show because we had said, hey, the list just pops. What do we think of it? And from a trophy perspective, it's not really anything that crazy, right? You just have, what is this, five bronze trophies, a silver trophy, and a gold trophy. Three of the bronze trophies are for beating bosses in the game. So I'm not going to spoil that for you. But it, this is a side companion story to Resident Evil 4. None of the bosses should be very surprising for you, especially if you played the original when it came out back in the day. But the story has been greatly expanded compared to the original. There's a couple new gameplay mechanics as well that use Ada's grappling hook, for example. She can now pull shields away from certain enemies. She can use it to reach higher spaces, to do kind of finishing moves on different enemies as well during boss fights you'll get prompted to press r2 for example or x and you'll swing in on your grappling hook and do some cool damage to them which is really fun and other than that you just need to beat the game on normal or standard you need to beat it on veteran slash hardcore you need to beat it on professional and then you need to get an s plus on professional so that s plus on professional is really where any any sort of difficulty is going to come from in this game what I recommend that you do is not what I did, but if you're like me, you always do a blind playthrough for your first run on Resident Evil games. So I played just on normal. I did not worry about finding every single treasure or completing all of the merchant requests because that mechanic makes a return from the main game. I instead just kind of went through the game and upgraded my weapons as I went, and then I hopped into and did a veteran playthrough and continued to upgrade my weapons. The whole time I was saving up for the infinite rocket launcher, which costs $1.6 million. And by the end of my second playthrough on Veteran, I had 1.1. So I should have probably scoured a bit more during my very first playthrough and my second one and tried to really, really maximize my funds. But instead, I was upgrading like my pistol or my sniper or whatever. And so I went into my third run, which was a professional run, and was like oh man all right i'm gonna have to do four playthroughs for this basically so my first run through of professional i did get the trophy for that but i was using new game plus weapons and i ended up getting an s rank but not an s plus so just as a reminder the requirements for the s plus are that you have to beat it in under two and a half hours you have to beat it in using 10 saves or less and you have to do it on a new game file so the way that you want to do it is you want to first play professional on New Game Plus like I did, get at least an A rank, and this will unlock for you the Chicago Sweeper, which is like the Tommy Gun-looking weapon from the bonus shop. And when you do that, you can then grab it from your storage chest in a New Game file. So you get access to this weapon. Now, it's not a particularly strong weapon, but the reason that you want it is because you can either trade 25 spinel to the merchant or you can pay $3 on the PlayStation Store, which I had done during the original game months ago, to get an exclusive upgrade ticket. So there's two options. And that upgrade ticket normally gives weapons like 1.5 or 2 times damage. But in this instance, it gives your Chicago Sweeper uh, infinite ammo. And you never have to reload either, which is the, is the real benefit there. So you can play through the game basically from Chapter 2 onward with this infinite ammo Tommy Gun. Now, it has a damage rating that's about half of one pistol shot. 
So it's not very strong, and it costs a lot to upgrade the damage on it. So I would just iterate that just because you have infinite ammo on a machine gun, you think that's going to make it easy. It, it really doesn't. There's a few sections of the game on Professional where they add new enemy spawns in, double enemies in rooms that previously maybe there was one of the regenerators, and then you're going to fight two. Maybe there was five guys here, now there's ten, stuff like that. And of course, you're still going to die in like four hits, because, or even three hits, because it's professional. So you really have to be smart about having like heals on you and making sure that you still play reasonably well. The timer is not necessarily going to be an issue for you on this game. It's, you know, I beat my first save file, or beat the first you know, time I ran through the game in about five hours, maybe five and a half hours, which is pretty lengthy for a DLC that's $10, I must admit. And Slugger, when you eventually get to Resident Evil 3 Remake, you'll see what I mean. Like, my first playthrough of RE3 Remake was, like, nine hours. So, mm -hmm. and it's a full-price game, right? And this is $10, and it was five and a half hours for my first playthrough. So, there, it's interesting little comparison there. Um, but the, the real tough part comes in the ten saves. So, you're prompted to make a save at the end of every single chapter. There's seven chapters in the game. So, you, you're going to do six automatically right there. If you want, right? Remember, there's no auto saves on professionals. So if you die, you're back to the last manual save, which if you're doing it once per chapter, you're going to lose 45 to 50 minutes on your first run. So you really, really have to be smart about when you do this. And you also have to go fast. So you're going to have to be running by enemies, not killing them. You're going to have to use some speed run strats. You're probably going to have to do a little bit of cheese for some of these bosses, find good patterns to, you know, manipulate their AI and stuff like that. And I would really recommend, there's a YouTuber called Spice, and there's another YouTuber called Bakba Soup, who had really interesting runs for New Game Professional. The world record right now is 44 minutes and 30 seconds on PC, so I watched that a couple times after I played the game a little bit to just kind of get some ideas for my own run. And definitely not going to be able to do that. I think I'm going to get like an hour 40 or something on my run, but hey, still not horrible. And, um, yeah, the only other thing I would say that uh, just to call out about this game that I, that I think is a little bit annoying is that the stagger animation in this game is really awful. Like Ada is, she moves quicker. She's more nimble and she has some really powerful melee attacks, but she just flies around. Like if you get hit by something, if you, someone throws an ax at you, you get stabbed with a pitchfork, whatever, you're going to like fly down on the, you're going to roll on the floor. You're going to take a half a second to two seconds, somewhere in that range to get up. During that whole time, you don't have iframes. So you, re you really, 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 if you get hit and you're low health, you have to be spamming that menu button and opening it to, uh, to use your heals. And it's really apparent on some of the bosses where they can just trap you in these like stun lock loops. So you got to be really careful about how you're approaching them and not getting too close, et cetera, et cetera. But other than that, I think separate ways is for the value, $10, an incredible piece of Resident Evil content, really well produced. The soundtrack's amazing. The visuals are amazing. Um, it's just more of the same game. So if you're burnt out on the remake already, this is going to just kind of add to that. But there is some cool story stuff in here that is different from the original Resident Evil 4. There's a new enemy that is not seen in the base game. Uh, actually, two new enemies that are not seen in the base game, one of which is a boss. And also some cool homages to the Resident Evil live-action movies, which I won't spoil for you. But let's just say there's some, some kind of intense, goofy action set pieces, which almost rival Resident Evil 6, but don't quite go that far. 
So with that being said, I highly recommend Separate Ways DLC. I will have it done end of night tonight, and then I'm going to be moving on to AC Mirage after that. So I'm really excited to get to that and uh, excited to have the 100% on yet another Resident Evil game. But just remember, check out the Spice or Bakba Soup YouTube videos for the speedruns if you want to get some help on Professional. And yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I have been playing. FF16 and RE4 separate ways. I have 69 hours in Resident Evil 4 this year right now, so nice. And I've got 66 in FF16. So those two games alone is 150 hours <laughs> for, for this year. So it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, that's what I got for that. So Slugger, let's go to you for what you have been playing. See, you're going for quality, not quantity. Me and yep. Daryl are over here racking up, you know, aiming for the quantity, the high number of plats. Yeah, you guys are coming in with these four or five hour platinums, you know, just uh, kicking just ass. Yep. Just wait. Yep. <laughs> All right, guys, we got another hour of the show left. We're going to go through oh my God. 10 games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I do have a lot of games. I'm going to just kind of give quick thoughts on a lot of them other than maybe two or three I want to highlight. So like Daryl mentioned a couple of times, I did play the medium. I don't think I want to add too much to that conversation. I, I enjoyed it. I personally didn't think it was as scary as Daryl thought it was. That might've been because I was using a guide though. Um, I would say if you, play this it is a short game it's probably worth a blind playthrough and then just do like a quick collectible cleanup run the guide i used it was a text guide so it didn't really like spoil any of the spooks but i at least knew the direction i was going i was never lost i never got turned around because it was just like oh walk board to this door turn left go out into the hallway turn right follow this out to the balcony so i imagine if i was getting lost and especially when getting chased or pursued by the the scary guy that Daryl talked about. He was creepy. It, it was a very creepy and unsettling game, but I never, like, there was never, like, an oh, shit, jump scare moment. So don't get me wrong. It is, like, yeah, I was uneasy going through it, but I wouldn't say it was, like, shit, my pants type of scary. Sorry, Daryl. I don't, I'm not <laughs> trying to, like, no, nah, everyone's different. I mean, Daryl told yeah. me that Resident Evil stuff wasn't scary sometimes. I'm like, I shat myself. You know, people have told me that many times. So yeah, I don't know. Third person like horror doesn't really scare me a lot, but throw me in like RE7 or RE8, and I'm jump scaring left and right. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping off the couch. So, uh, I think it's a I think it's a good pickup if you get it cheap. It's like I said, I believe it's off the service by the time you're hearing this episode, but it does go on sale quite a bit. So I would say if you're looking for a spooky game and kind of get a good hint of what Bluebird team can do with like horror stuff. Definitely check it out, because I know after playing it, I actually became a little bit more hyped for their Silent Hill game to see what they can do with it. Awesome. Let's see. We mentioned earlier the A to Z challenge. Actually, the last couple episodes, we've been talking about it a lot. I was working on it for Pat's challenge, all out of order, all out of whack. I was just like, all right, cool, doing random letters, filling it in. And then I'm going to shout him out. I don't know him, never talked to him, but I watched this guy's YouTube video. His YouTube name is Sandrez, so S-A-N-D-R-E-Z. And he said, I tried to platinum every letter of the alphabet in 50 days. And it's a really dope 45-minute long video where he goes and reviews all the games he played trying to do that challenge. But what he did and where this little, like, uh, disease came in for me that Colin referenced. Yeah, the sickness uh, in your brain. You got to get sickness. rid of this. 
he did it in reverse order, game by game. So Z, Y, X, all the way to A. So that way, when the challenge is done on his profile, uh, and it's sorted, you know, it's sorted by date, he has a nice, clean A to Z list of those games. And I thought, holy shit, that's way cooler than whatever I was doing, jumping around. Like, I want that for me. I think that's a cool challenge. So I, like, Mm. restarted my A to Z challenge starting at Z, going up to A. I'm at the letter S now. So I will walk you guys through Z through S. Some of these I'm just going to skim really fast. Other ones I will dive a little bit more into. So for my letter Z game, I got the Platinum in Zombie Driver Immortal Edition. I had no idea I even owned this game. Uh, hey, <laughs> I was looking for Z games on the store because I'm like, man, there's like nothing for Z. I don't know what I'm going to play. So I go to the PlayStation store. You can, If you go to like view all games in the store, you can then sort by Z to A, which is what I did. And I saw this one was sitting there and it was labeled as free. And I thought, that's weird. I've never like heard of this. I don't understand why I have it free. So I first thought it was a cheap free-to-play game. It's not. I then thought maybe it was a trial edition because sometimes the trial editions get marked as free. It's not. This game was given out like years ago on the PS3 uh, on PlayStation Plus. And I had claimed it way back then. And then I guess... Uh, I believe is it was, was kind of recent, like two years ago, they released a PS4 ver- PS4 version of this game. And if you had claimed it way back on PlayStation Plus years and years and years ago, you got this PS4 upgrade for free. I had no idea I owned this game. I checked it out. I looked at the trophy guide and it looks pretty easy. Um, it was like a four out of 10, if I remember right, like 10 to 15 hours. So I'm like, yeah, right up my alley. That's a nice, quick game to start the letter Z. What this game reminds me of is, like, if you, have you guys ever played, like, the original Grand Theft Auto where it has the top-down view and you're kind of running around and you jump in a car? Everything's just, like, that top-down vertical view. I have not, but I've seen gameplay of it. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. But you're in a car the whole time. So you, it's hard to tell where you're going because the because of the top down view and there's hundreds and hundreds sometimes i would argue thousands of zombies on screen and you you can plow through them there's like eight different like weapons you can pick up that get attached to your car it reminds me of like mario kart you'll be driving along doing a mission and you'll see like a big white orb on the side of the road and you run over that and now you got machine guns on the side of your car and you're just each each mission you're just killing hundreds and hundreds of zombies. Uh so the general gist is like you're a civilian or the zombie outbreak happens, you're a civilian trapped in this closed off city uh that the government shuts down. Uh kind of Resident Evil like. Hmm. And the government actually reaches out to you and they're like, "Hey, you're a badass driver. Can you help us like evacuate civilians and some of our military members and other important people?" And your guys like, "Yeah, I'll help." And that's kind of like what pushes the story and at the beginning of each mission you'll get there's no really story during the gameplay it's just like loading screen for the mission here's the mission objective here's why you're doing it here's who you're rescuing and then you'll maybe have some light banter between the characters for the first like 20 seconds of a five minute mission 
So you work through the story mode, save everyone. Some things happen. I don't want to spoil it if you ever check this out. Uh, there's lots of cool unlockables. You can upgrade your car's speed, armor, and like their spat, their like smashing power. So when you smash through zombies, you slow down a lot. But as you upgrade like your smashing power, like you'll just be flying through them. Like you don't even think about zombies in the road. You just drive right through them. You can upgrade all the different weapons and those carry over from car to car. So if you upgrade your machine gun to the max level of three, all your cars, when they pick up a machine gun, are going to have a max level three. And there's a pretty large variety of cars you can unlock. You start with a little sedan or it's a taxi. I forget what the starting car is, but it's a little four-door kind of beater. And then by the end of the game, you have this like Mad Max looking vehicle with spikes all over it. And everywhere in between is like, a police car, an ambulance, a military cargo truck, uh, a sports car, like all sorts of cars you can unlock. Uh, so you fly through the story mode and then they have two like side modes. One of them is called blood race. It's, it is what it sounds like. You are literally just racing against, uh, other vehicles. It's kind of a, I actually hated this mode the most. Um, <laughs> I thought this was the most challenging mode because the AI was busted as hell. If you've ever played a racing game and you get way ahead in the end or the other people you're racing against, like the other people you're racing against catch up super fast. Like that rubber banding that happens. It's super present in this game. There's times where like I would blow up all the other cars I was racing against. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I got like a 10 second lead on these dudes. I got this race in the bag. And like five seconds later, they're like, passing me and i'm like what how yeah. i'm in the best car possible fully maxed out and you're driving like the the little sedan you start with and i know when that vehicle is fully maxed out it only has like three speed versus my 10 10 speed like how are you catching me so that game mode was kind of frustrating i had to replay a few races there uh but cleaned up all those trophies and then there's a slaughter mode which turns into like a wave-based horde style mode where you get like a big arena maybe the size of a couple city blocks or a city park and it would be like hey survive as long as you can and you had to get the gold score in each of those uh like arenas uh it was a pretty pretty okay game i wouldn't say it was like great but i've definitely played a lot worse i had a good time with it um it definitely took me a bit longer than i thought it would to clean up or like beat but i would check it out Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. I went more in depth there than I thought it would. I'll try and keep the other ones a bit shorter. No, it's all good. The, ne the next game I played was Young Souls. Young uh, Souls. I, this was another one where I knew nothing about it going into it. I had no Y games other than Yakuza on my profile. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to do these games quick. I don't want to drop 100 hours into a Platinum. For a stupid A to Z challenge, because I'm going to be stuck on Y for the next four months while I work through a 100-hour game. So I did the same thing. I went to the store, sorted by Y, and I found this game, uh, Young Souls. And the artwork in the store kind of caught my eye. And I watched a couple trailers. I came to find out, after some research, it was a Stadia exclusive. And that piqued my interest even more, because it's like, this is a dead system. I'm kind of interested to see what they've ported over. It's similar to, uh, was that Guilt? Oh, yeah. You guys yeah. played? Yeah. 
where yep. it was a city exclusive and it got ported over. So it is you play as these twins and they're kind of like rebels, little shithead teenage twins. Uh, they're skipping school. They live with like their adopted grandpa. Like he's not really their dad and they definitely let him know like, you're not my dad. You can't tell us what to do. Uh, while they skip school and like go run around town. Um, and the game starts that way. You skip school and run around town and you come back and your dad the or the man who's been raising you has been, he's missing, but his house was broken into. And there he has a secret door in his basement and you go to investigate. And in this secret door, there's like a portal. And of course, the twins are like, we got to find him. We got to save him. We're running through this portal. So they run through the portal and there's goblins and monsters and all sorts of things that are trying to kill them. And they get beefed up with weapons or they find weapons. They meet a friendly goblin who says, yeah, the goblin army in this alternate like dimension took your your father figure. You got to save him. You got to go down at the farthest end of our world and find your father figure. And the whole game is just you kind of progressing there. Mm. I think what what's kind of cool about this, I'm a big fan of roguelikes. It's kind of similar, but it's also like a, it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up at heart. So think of, uh, what's a good one? Like, dry, uh, what's like Streets of Rage or, you Streets know. of Rage, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It right. plays just like all those. Right, okay. Um. Very simple combos to pull off. You have some special abilities and powers you can use, and you unlock more as you go through the game. But if you go, like, three levels in and die, I don't want to say you start all the way over. You can teleport up to where you were, but you have to, like, replay that stage. So I guess it's not totally roguelike. You just kind of replay the stage. But I did it very quickly. If you do this legit, it would actually be a very hard platinum because you have to beat the game in expert mode which is very tough. I tried it legit for about an hour and I was having basic enemies kill me in like one or two hits. And I'm like, yeah, expert mode is not my thing. I don't know how I'm going to get this, get this done. Did a little research. There's accessibility modes or toggles that let you turn on like increase health, increase damage, decrease enemy health, decrease enemy damage, all sorts of stuff. Auto dodge, auto block, stuff like that. Uh, so I turned on a couple of the buffs and debuffed the enemies. I didn't make it like too easy on myself, but I made it like fair and challenging. And uh, yeah, you just progress through the story and beat up a bunch of goblins. It's a very, I think, a visually appealing game. Like the art style is really freaking cool. Yeah, I think it'll hold up well. I'm kind of bummed that it's. it seems very underrated. Like looking at there's only 367 game owners five recent players and a hundred platinum achievers all on PSN profiles. Hmm. I think this game is deserving of way more. I think this game should be played by way more people. I thought it was very good. So that's young souls. I'll plug it again. Nice. Young souls, Uh, young souls. Let's see. The next game that Zach Larry stole from me was 13, but it's in Roman numerals. So I could use it for my letter X X-I-I-I. Nice. I I believe this game launched on the GameCube. I think it did. And I 
I remember playing it when I was younger. I think I like rented it at some point from Blockbuster. And it has a it's a first person shooter. It's a very cool like comic book style game. It's like when you shoot your guns, you see the little like comic book letters pop up of like pow pow pow. Or when enemies are walking around, you like see their footsteps like the pitter patter, but it's all in like comic design. Like the artistic style of it, you wouldn't be able to tell that this game ever launched on the GameCube. Like it's aged very, very well. I don't have much to say on it other than like it's a pretty solid first person shooter. The collectibles, if you ever play this game, I, I do recommend a guide on the collectibles. They are they're very, very tough to find. I was talking to Zach Larry quite a bit while he was playing through it, and he's just like Dude, I'm on like chapter five and I only found one collectible. Like, where are these things? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, by chapter five, you should have like 20 of them. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So, and he was, he was actually like going out of his way looking for them. They're hidden very well in this game. So I recommend if you ever play this, maybe pull up a guide for the collectibles. Uh, it's a pretty solid first person shooter. It'll take you about 10 hours to platinum. There's, that and it's nice. a very, yeah, it's a nice trophy list. There's, You get the difficulty trophies. There's a good blend of miscellaneous trophies, like knocking out 10 enemies in a row without them detecting you, um, getting X number of kills with certain weapons, and then all the collectible trophies. So it's a, I think it's a pretty good trophy list, a nice mix of things to do as you're going for the 100%. I enjoyed it. But it's... Oh... I never really talked about what it was about. You are a secret agent, and it reminded me of, uh, like, Mission Impossible. Or, no, what was that action movie where the dude, like, lost his memory? Oh, shoot. And, and there was, like, four or five movies. Uh, Born, Born, Ultimate, yeah, like, yeah, the Born movies. All the Born movies. Mm -hmm. It reminded me of that. Like, the main character wakes up, he has no memory, and he's getting accused of, like, doing all this bad shit. And then you come to, like... You're really just fighting to like prove your innocence and take down this regime, uh, this cabal, if you will, in the government that's like after you and kind of framing you. So that's a good time. Lots of espion espionage, spy type stuff. Ooh, okay. Uh, let's see. So I got the plot in that. I moved on to W, which was Wild Arms. I I think overall I like this game. I think I'm starting to learn as much as I want to love old school JRPGs. They're not for me. I've come to the <laughs> same conclusion. In like the thought of playing them, I'm always really hyped for it. And then I get like five to 10 hours into the game, kind of pass a prologue into the meat of the game. And I, I'm just kind of over it by that point. I think the fun of those games for me is like the initial buildup of the story and learning the systems and then the next 20 to 40 hours or however long the JRPG is, I kind of lose interest. So I really enjoyed the beginning. And then after, yeah, five or 10 hours, I was like, all right, I get it. Random battles, you know, attack, attack, heal, attack, attack, heal, rinse and repeat for 20 or 30 hours. That's the game. Right. <laughs> right. The story was pretty basic. Like, hey, world's under attack. We got to save the world type stuff. JRPG. Yeah, there's a lot of similar themes in, in classic JRPGs, I find. Yeah. Uh, what I do like about this game, I don't know if this was the first game to do it, but I know it's becoming more popular. Uh, you have three party members. What I really like is 
they split up at times. And so there's times where like, or like at the very beginning, you get a prologue for each character. So it's like you play as character one and they, you see like their motivations, how they end up into the story. And then you switch to character two and character three and so on and so forth. And there's a, actually a couple different dungeons where you split up and you have to cycle through the different characters to solve the puzzles, which is kind of cool to figure out. This is another game, though, very heavily uh, guide. What am I trying to say? I highly recommend a guide for this game. It it's When I say it's a classic RPG, JRPG, it is very much a classic JRPG. I mean, this is a straight port of the PS1. I played it off PlayStation Premium. I don't know if you... I know, Colin, you've kind of dove back into those early Final Fantasy games. They don't tell you shit. You're no. trying to figure out your next objective or where to go, and they're like, some guy in town will tell you, like, oh, you got to go to, like, the cave of Mor- uh, like Moira or whatever. Uh, that's to the east. And then you go wandering east, and you never find it. And it's like, did he say east? I'm not sure if he said east. Like, I should probably go back and see. And you go back, and you talk to him again, and he says, yeah, the cave of Moira, it's in the east. And it's like, well, shit, I didn't see a cave over there. Yeah, I, don't know where to, like... I mean, this is exactly why I had to be looking at my phone the entire time playing Final Fantasy VI, and yeah. I think the juxtaposition of like that compared to Final Fantasy XVI, where I wasn't looking at my phone at all. I mean, it's like it's just night and day, you know. Yeah. Of what experience I prefer. Yeah, that it, I needed a guide throughout this the entirety of this game, and there's not really missables, but there's items in dungeons that you need for the platinum. So if you miss certain items or like the specific ones I'm thinking of, you have to collect these uh, like spell scrolls that you let you learn spells. If you miss one, now you kind of have to keep track of where they're located or the ones you missed where those ones are located and remember to go get those later on in the game. So I was like, no, I don't, I don't like the idea of like, cleaning all that up and trying to figure out what ones I have versus what ones I don't. So I'm just going to follow a, like a literal step-by-step walkthrough. So it took me a long time with a guide. I think it was about 30 hours. I couldn't imagine it without a guide. I'd probably still be playing it, if I didn't have a guide because it was just like, like I said, you have one dude in the town. So you got to talk to 30 people in the town to find the one specific guy that knows where to go. And then you got to find where he's telling you to go. And it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's it's yeah, I get you. I can see I you. yeah, I can see the inspiration of this game on other current modern RPGs. I can see why a lot of people kind of hold this up to Final Fantasy, especially way back then. Um, but I don't think it's for me. I have a little bit of interest in checking out number two and three just to continue the story, but I'm gonna take a break on JRPGs for a while. I think. Yeah, I did FF6, FF16, and Star Ocean this year, so I'm I'm I think I'm good for a while. Yeah. All right, moving on. Viewfinder. I would say this is my favorite of all the games I've played so far. Uh, this game came out pretty recently, and it's a kind of a walking sim puzzle game. Very, very cool. You are trying, you're a person who's going through, oh, I don't want to spoil anything. You are a person who is trying to figure out how to help the world. <laughs> you're a person who is walking. <laughs> <laughs> In this walking sim. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'll just let me just explain the puzzles. I don't want to spoil anything because that's half the fun. 
What makes this game really interesting, as you're progressing through the spaces, you can pick up photos and you like hold the photo up in front of your face and hit, you know, the left trigger, right trigger, for forget what it is, but hit the trigger on your controller and then the photo like instantly pops up in the world and you can like walk into the photo. So if you're holding a photo in front of your face and in real life and clicked a button, imagine that photo was is now in front of you and it's not a photo anymore and you can like walk into that that landscape of whatever your picture is. Ah. Um, and there's a lot of really cool mechanics they do with this. So there's sections where like in the actual game world in the puzzle maybe there's a big gap and you're trying to cross this gap. And then you find a photo of a bridge. And it's like, oh, cool, I have a photo of a bridge. I can aim this bridge at this gap, hit the trigger, and now like you populate a bridge into the world, and then you can cross the bridge to cross the gap and continue on the level. But there's bridges and ramps and all sorts of stuff. There's really cool, unique ones. Um, like at one point, you can find a picture of like a kid's drawing, and you like pick up this kid's drawing, and he can hold it in front of you and like walk into this kids drawing and it's all cartoony and scribbly oh awesome. in the world um there's like you can pick up paintings at times there's like cool pop art paintings there's a couple ones that are like video games uh so one of the levels you have to don't worry there's tons of stuff so very light spoilers here but one of the ones you pick up like a video game uh like a screenshot of a video game and you hold it in front of you and you populate this video game into the world, and then you can walk into that and pick up like a jump power up, which lets you jump higher in the world. Hmm. Um, where it gets really crazy is at some point they give you a camera, and then you are the one taking the pictures and like the Polaroid printout, and then you can put whatever you took a picture of, like repopulate that back into the world. So if you go back to that bridge example, it's like, all right, all I have is a camera, so I have to figure out what can I take a picture of that's available in the current play space uh, to use to help me like cross this bridge. So, very cool. Yeah, that's an interesting like premise for a game. Yeah, yeah. I I I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I think that's been my favorite one I've played out of this whole mix so far. Oh, amazing! Hell yeah! All right, three more. These will be fast. Untitled Goose Game. Hey, Daryl's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I I know Daryl just talked about this on a recent episode, so I won't dive too far into it. I will say I I get the hype now. I've heard about this game so much. I've actually tried to play it a few times. And that first friggin' level with the stupid farmer gave me more trouble than I think any of the other levels did because I was still figuring out the mechanics and how the stealth worked. And there was probably three or four times I tried to pick this game up and get past this stupid farmer and I could never do it. <laughs> and then I get to this challenge. I'm like, I need to power through this. It's a common platinum. There's 24.66% of owners, you know, have gotten the platinum. Like it can't be that hard. I just got to power through it. And then like, once I got past him and it's like, all right, I kind of get the mechanics. I kind of got everything down. Like I fell in love with it going around. I'm, Honking at people, I'm having fun at like, <laughs> yep, thank you. <laughs> um, I'm throwing the honks out. Um, I'm bullying little kids and tripping them and making them fall in puddles. And I'm 
stealing things from people and putting them up for sale in a shop so they have to buy them back. Like, just a lot of really stupid, zany stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just a really silly, fun time. And, but it's also like a good, I don't know, there's good challenges in the game too, because you got to speed run each level. I think you have six minutes for like each level, and that'll give you a trophy. You know how I love my speed runs. Yeah, one of the levels, it was the second to last one. Uh, Daryl, the one where there's the two yards, and you can enter, you can enter the left yard from the bottom of the screen. You can enter the right yard from the top of the screen, but you have to do objectives on both sides of the yard. So you're constantly trying to like, all right, I'm on the right side. I got to do as much as I possibly can before this guy realizes I'm causing mayhem. And then I'm once he realizes I'm causing mayhem, I'm going to switch to the left side. Like I got stuck on that speed run for. Probably a solid hour and a half before it like all clicked. But yeah, overall, I I had a great great time with Untitled Untitled Goose Game. I really hope they're doing a second one. It was just silly, zany fun. Uh, and if you're struggling on it, I would say power through that first part. If you can power past the the dude with the glasses, it gets a bit. I think, or not the dude with the glasses, uh, the farmer. I think it gets a bit easier. Next up, I played Trifox for the letter T. I don't even know how I got this game. Uh, well, I know I bought it, but I think I watched uh, the trailer on the PlayStation Network uh, YouTube channel. I like notoriously check that channel every day to kind of see what's coming out and have a pulse on new games. And this one caught my eye because it looked like Crash Bandicoot. And I was like, oh, this is, looks like a cool, like, kind of art like visually appealing uh crash bandicoot style game i booted it up and i was like <laughs> instantly like they're showing the characters i instantly thought like oh this kind of looks shit <laughs> i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> like uh but it did grow on me it's not it's not even close to crash bandicoot but they do play with some cool mechanics uh you play as this fox I'm pretty sure he gets his TV remote stolen from him by these goblin dudes. Uh, so the whole game, you're chasing after them to get this TV remote back. And you go through like cool, typical platformer levels. Like you start on a beach and then World 2 is like like a forest and World 3 is an ice cave. And World 4 is like the final boss factory area. What I like about this game is there's a ton of abilities. And they have, like, warrior-focused abilities, mage-focused abilities, and engineer-focused abilities. And that's where, like, the name of the game comes in, Trifox. And you can mix and match all the different abilities. So you could be, like, a mage where you have a blink movement ability and your primary attack is launching spells. But then you could have the engineer ability also tied on there where you can throw turrets down and maybe a warrior ability where you're jumping and slamming. And you can combine all those into like your mismatch of a class. So it's it's definitely more combat focused than Crash Bandicoot. Uh, there is some speed some speed run elements to it. You have to complete the whole game in three hours, but it only takes the time of each stage. And if I got the game, or if I beat stage one in ten minutes the first time, and then I replayed it and got five minutes, like it'll just take five minutes off of my playtime so as long as your playtime across all the stages is under three hours you can replay the stages as many times as you want 
then you're good. Everything else is really just playing through the game, maxing out uh, your character by buying all the abilities. And then each stage has like three to five hidden gems. So really just 100% the game, beat the levels quickly, you get the platinum. I would say if you could pick this up for like five or 10 bucks, I would call it worth it, but I wouldn't spend any more than 10 bucks on it. Okay. Okay. All right. Last but not least, I've been bitching all week in party chat about this game. Saints Row. Mm-hmm. This is the new version that just came out. On PS Plus, I claimed it. I claimed yeah. this game, fuckers. I don't want to fucking hear it, okay? And look what I'm... I get for it. A shitter game. <laughs> look what I get. I'm so torn on this game because I don't think it's... And Part of me wants to like it, and then other parts of me like hate it. I... I like what they did with the story mode. I wish the story was longer. So it plays very similar to the other Saints Row games. So I won't talk much about the gameplay itself. If you've played a Saints Row game, this plays just like it. Where I was hoping, well, I thought the story was going to be longer. So it's a 40-hour platinum. So I, in my head, I was thinking like, all right, maybe it's like 15 to 20 hours for the story mode and then the next like 15 to 20 hours would be cleanup. It's not. I beat the game in about 8 hours of playtime. And then I immediately once I realized how fast I beat it, one I didn't even know I was close to the end. I thought the like the prologue was just finishing cuz I'd done like 15 missions, but they were very quick missions. I'm building up to like oh, we're you know, we're the saints now. We're going from nothing to the saints. And we're taking control of the city. And like, just when I think, you know, the story's about to start getting good, I get the like, like warning. Are you sure you want to progress past this point? Like you can't, you can't return, which you can return. I don't know why they give you the warning. Because hmm. as soon as you beat the game, it pops right back to uh, the world. But they give you the point of no return at seven and a half hours. And I was so bummed. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it was just starting to get interesting. It's too like, short it was, for that game. Yeah. So an eight hour game on a 40 or eight hour story on a 40 hour plot was very discouraging. Cause I knew the next 32 hours was just going to be side quest collectibles, wanted missions where you're driving around the city, killing people and doing all the collectibles. And I'm like, fuck, 32 hours is a long time to do just side, like side stuff. That's yeah. not important. Um, yeah, that's a long time. That ratio is off. Like we were saying in party chat last night. I mean, it's just, it's got to be, I think if it's a 40 hour platinum experience, I think that main story should be 25 hours. Like, yeah. Yeah. Something like that, you know? I, so that's kind of the, that's why I'm down on it. Um, I'm also a little down on it because I think they kind of got more creative with the side missions and everything you do involving those. I would say like 90% of them are car focused and there's so many missions I'm picking up where it's just like, Oh, we need you to run this, this hot package that we stole across the desert to the other side of the map. And then the next one I do is like, picking up a granny and she's like, I need you to drive me over here. It's constantly, I need you to drive this here. I need you to drive this there. I need, I need a vehicle escort here. Like everything is just done in the car. It feels like a car game, mm -hmm. which feels like it goes against like 
the Saints Row nature of just like everything's fair play. There's combat, there's cars, there's flying vehicles. Like, so I, I'm a little frustrated with how much vehicle stuff there is. The gameplay, I know I taught, I did say it was similar to Saints Row. I think the gameplay is pretty fun. There's, I, I have encountered a few glitches. Like every time I wingsuit glide and land on top of a car to try and steal a car, I literally get stuck on top of the car like I'm surfing it. I can't get off it. <laughs> I try to, I sent a video in our PlayStation party chat <laughs> where I got stuck on top of the car and I tried to blow it up because I'm like, oh, maybe if I blow up the car, I'll get launched off it. Nope. I blew the car up and then I just rolled around attached to the car and I couldn't get off it. And it's happened to me every single time I've tried to wingsuit glide onto a car and I'm forced to restart the game. What else do I want to hit on it? The one thing I do like, and I wish they leaned more into this with the story mode, is it's kind of a reboot of the series. You're building up the Saints from nothing. You're a bunch of millennials, I guess, who just got fired from their jobs and they get up to no good in their spare time. And but once they and the jobs are keeping them kind of safe. And once they get fired from their jobs, they're like, oh, let's just lean into this, you know, this bad shit. We're really good at robbing people. We're, we're really good at boosting cars. Let's lean into this and start our own like organization. Um, so part of the, what's tied to the side quest is like building up your businesses in the city. So you get this cool like empire map and it's just a map of the city, but you can build different businesses all across the city and they actually like populate in the world. And you can go and buy items from these businesses you start up. You do your side missions out of these businesses. Uh, there, A lot of the buildings are actually, like, I think, designed really well. Like, there's a toy store business you can build. And that toy store business is what you run, like, your heist out of. Because they have all of the... Or, sorry, not a toy store. It's like a party store. And you run your heist out of that building because they have all the masks and the costumes to, like, hide yourself um oh that's kind of funny yeah it makes sense yeah there's uh like a radio business you can start and the side missions for the radio business involve like going to all the cell phone towers in the game and like hijacking them uh so that way when enemies attack you they can't call in reinforcements so that i do think they do a good job kind of tying the side quests to the businesses you're buying and the businesses you're buying and them actually populating the world is really cool i just wish it wasn't side content the whole yeah, time make I'm doing me do this, it. yeah, like kind of forced me to do this as part of building the Saints in the story mode. Like you could have done a lot more with these. Um, so it kind of stinks to see it written off as just side quest stuff. But yeah, I I want to like it. I'm having an okay time with it. I guess like I knew what I was getting into. I knew it wasn't amazing. I just I was just thinking like, there's no way everybody's so down on this. It can't be that bad. I don't think it's that bad, but I do think it it could have been a lot more. Like I'd probably give it like a six out of ten if I had to throw a number on it. Um, gotcha. It's okay. It's it's average at best. So, Colin, I know you're saying you want to play it. There's plenty of other better stuff you could you could play. I would say if you're like if you absolutely have nothing else to play, it'll be a good time killer. But um well this is exactly the point in the beginning where we were talking about ps plus where it's like this is the whole thing where it's like there's so many other good games like why would i do that when i have horizon forbidden west i haven't touched i've got fucking mass effect 2 and 3 bioshock infinite you know even shadow of the tomb raider other like you know it's just like oh my gosh you know 
Just crazy. Save it for you. Just save it for a rainy day. You wait for a dead spell when there's four months of nothing coming out. And think. I mean, I I pray for that. I hope there's four months of nothing coming out so I can just catch up. But I I doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt we're gonna get it. Oh man. But yeah, it's interesting. You're gonna do the DLC too. So well, yeah. I'll be curious to hear if that changes anything for you. I think they're. Excuse me. Sorry. They're supposed to be pretty quick. Got the hiccups going. Um, Yeah. So there's three DLC. I've dabbled in one of them. There's the heist and the hazardous, which leans more into the heist missions. Oh, that's another one too. I thought heists were going to be badass, like GTA Five level heist. And what do they do? You're the getaway driver. Yeah. You don't do shit. You get to sit in the car while everyone runs inside and the alarms start going off, and you fight some cops in the parking lot, and then they run out from collecting everything, and you drive them to a safe location. And I'm like, really? How do you like blunder the heist? Like, did you not see? Everyone loving GTA Five Heist. Yeah, like, that's a that's a bummer. They should have done so much more with that. So I'm curious to see what the Heist DLC does. And then there's Doc Ketchum's Murder Circus, which is a big battle arena. And then a Song of Ice and Dust. No idea what that's about. I think it'll probably be there's a big LARPing side quest in the game, which is actually hilarious and one of my favorite parts of the game. Hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised based off the name if it's tied to like the LARPing part of the story because your characters get involved with larping and it gets serious oh my gosh wow okay interesting interesting well good i mean i'm glad that they have those little pieces of extra content on there but i think to your point it's kind of the main thing of like the main story should have been the focus and it seems like they kind of just like ah we're just gonna cobble together together whatever that is we're really gonna focus on these like businesses and like this sort of like the driving and the mechanics of that and stuff and Maybe just wasn't the right focus for that game, but yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I mean, I might, I may check it out, like you said, if there's a dry spell or something like that. Or, but I'd much rather play Callisto Protocol than that. Although I know that has a lot of intense DLC as well. So we'll see. Yeah, what did we say, dude? I told you guys, you guys have been playing a lot. Look at that. Look at that, bro. All you guys both had like I think <laughs> five to seven games each to talk about. So pretty nuts. Good shit. Good shit. All right. Well. Yeah, I think if you, unless you have anything else to add, I think that's probably going to do it for us here with episode 96. Episode 97 will be another trophy list review one. That's going to be interesting. We st- we are still in the period of the year, guys, where we have some big releases coming out, at least in November. I don't think it really slows down until December time frame. I'm really curious to see the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 list, the Yakuza, you know, the man who erased his name list, the Alan Wake 2 list. So there's going to be fun stuff coming out, and we'll each talk about one of those in the next episode. I got a wedding to go do this weekend. It's going to be a good time. Looking forward to starting AC Mirage. I think we're all looking forward to some some relaxing. So thank you very much for joining us. If you've listened this far, we really appreciate it, of course. And thank you very much for for your support. Go and check out the Discord, by the way. There's some really great people in there, about 100-plus people, uh, a trophy hunting community that we really highly recommend that you go and get involved in. There's just some good discussions there. So if you're listening and you're not in that Discord community, go and do that. And yeah, I think that's that's gonna do it for us. So Slugger, where can people find you at? You can find me at Slugger JD on PSN profiles and the PlayStation Network. You can find me at Slugger JDD on the Xbox ecosystem. And if you're looking for me on X or Twitter, it's Slugger underscore JD. Yes, sir. And Daryl, what about you? Where can we where can we find you at? Besides the pits, besides digging grapes and taking names in these horror games, can we find you at the lake? That's right. Uh, so you can find me on PSN Profiles, PlayStation Network, and on Discord at the Tall Simone Guy. 
All right. And you can find me on PlayStation Network, PSN Profiles, and Twitter. Where else? YouTube, Twitch, everything is CK Present. Just look CK Present. You'll find me there, even on the Xbox side. I haven't touched my Xbox in a few months, but at some point I will. Next up, though, is Super Mario Wonder, as far as non-PlayStation games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my wife and I are going to start that next week. It's been reviewing amazingly. It's getting nines across the board, usually, or nine and a half. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's going to be a good time. Yes, sir. So until next time, everyone, take care. Happy gaming. We'll see you in the next adventure. And goodbye. Goodbye.